Our new partner who I'm really, really excited to announce we are working with. Super, super stoked. Thank you, Angie Huberman, for this connect. It's incredible. Uh, AG1 Athletic Greens. I've been using them for a while. I have them every morning on an empty stomach. Basically, take one scoop and you put it into a uh, cup or glass or mug of eight ounces of cold water. And this is all your greens for the day. You're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole foods, source superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens. Every day I take this, it's so good for my digestion, my energy. It's simple. It's easy. I don't like taking a lot of vitamins. This has been really, really helpful for me. I've had a lot of stomach issues my whole life, and ever since I've been gluten-free and taking the AG1s, it's really helped me in my stomach in the mornings. I love it. I'm so psyched that they're part of the One Life One Chance podcast. I'm sure a lot of people don't like eating greens, let alone drinking your greens, but I can tell you straight up, it's got a mild tropical taste, and the taste is actually really refreshing, and I really look forward to it each morning. Don't, don't think it's just going to be just straight bland. Um, it tastes really, really good. Um, and it's good for you. So remember that this one blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, recovery, focus, and aging. It's incredible. Just one scoop, especially for musicians who are vegans or just musicians in general who want to get those daily greens. You can get the packets. It's incredible. I just gave some to my friend Derek from Sepultura. He traveled the whole entire world this summer and he had, he had those every single day. He said it saved him. I bring AG1s with me when I travel. It helps me stay healthy. You know the deal. If you're on tour and you are uh, a picky eater, but you need to have your greens, sometimes catering doesn't have greens. Sometimes you miss the catering. Sometimes you miss the backstage food. Sometimes it's too late after the show to go get food that you like. So if you just have a, a scoop of uh, AG1s in your hotel room before you go to bed or you're in the hotel room at night and you're starving and you want something healthy, boom, life changer. Right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with some convenient daily nutrition. That's all you need. One scoop in a cup every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. This is it. I'm super psyched. And to make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash OLLC. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash OLLC to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. This is incredible. I love it. It's just basic greens. For me personally, this has changed my life tremendously. I'm not a junk food vegan. I don't eat a lot of fake meat, so I'm strictly, strictly greens. And this has been a wonderful, wonderful new addition to my life. So once again, visit athleticgreens.com slash OLLC. And get one free year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. Athleticgreens.com slash OLOC. Yo, yo, Liquid Death, thank you so much for hydrating all my guests, taking care of me and my family and my friends. Love your water, love your brand, love what you stand for, love you give back to the community. If you want to learn more about Liquid Death and how it started, listen to episode 115 with the co-founder, owner, and creator of Liquid Death, Mike Cesario. Just a punk rock skateboarding kid from Delaware with a dream. It's an incredible story, incredible journey. They have now blessed me with my own code. So if you go liquiddeath.com slash Toby, you get free shipping on any items you order from liquiddeath.com. Thank you so much, Liquid Death. Death to plastic, murder your thirst. Stay hydrated. You know H2O saves lives. Hey, Welcome sorry. to the One of Our Chance Podcast. I'm your host, Toby Morris. Today, I'm on the podcast sitting in front of me, my friend, Sean Wotherspoon, and I finally said his name right. I've been thinking about this for weeks, talking to people about <laughs> it, watched the video last night. The spelling's insane, um, but thank you for being here, dude. No, you nailed it. Thanks. I really appreciate you being here. I'm trying to think when we first met. 
Mm. How many years ago that was, or how we met through? Uh, maybe it was through their had to be the through vegan sne- Illuminati or something. I was something. gonna say it had to be through sneakers, maybe. Like, yeah, that, yeah. That tends to be a vehicle of friendships for me. Yeah, uh, we had a lot in common, I guess, like some similar friends groups, vegan sneakers. Yeah. We met somewhere in there, you know. I feel like all the vegans yeah. are kind of connected in a certain way. Yeah, yeah. And, and when we first opened our round two store out here, maybe 2016, I, I'm sure maybe we met like in the store or something. I don't know. Yeah, I kind of forget. Or just hearing name, or just even just hearing. We'll get to all the sneaker stuff later, yeah. but just hearing about the sneaker and this ultimate vegan sneaker which we'll get to which was something growing up i never had option to have in my life um and we could talk about all that later like we're in canvas and all that crazy shit living in the winter and not want to wear leather (laughs) but i do want to take you back to um ashburn virginia where you're born dope yo actually so i'm born in uh new jersey so the internet's all oh, dude the internet i've actually my mom has sent me a few times she's been like do you know the internet like knows like very little actually about you like uh based on some facts but yo born so new jersey i'm born in neptune new jersey wow uh, okay my, my let's whole get it right my whole family's actually new yorkers and okay. new jerseyans new you, you know what i'm saying garden state yeah uh and so that's where i was born uh grew up there for a few years um, and then wow. just always spent my summers going back to like what, upstate New York to visit my grandparents or New Jersey to visit my other grandparents. So, yeah, that's where it was. But my family moved to Virginia. Uh, my dad was working in New York City and commuting to the city. And then his job moved him to like outside D.C. And okay. then that's when we moved to Virginia. Yeah. And so that's the part of Virginia you moved to? Yep. Uh, Northern Virginia, like outside D.C. Okay. Fairfax. And that was a big change going from got to be from that area to the Virginia, right? Big kind of. Um, you know, for it, how old were you? I was young actually, okay. so I don't know if the change like affected me too much. It kind of always felt like home to me. Yeah, uh, and I like you know was in public school, made a lot of friends out there, uh, right outside DC, super diverse area. So it was like really cool, you know, kind of got to experience all walks of life. Yeah, and you have yeah. siblings. I have siblings. Yeah, I have uh, my sister Sarah. Uh, she's younger than me. I also have another. She's like she just had a child actually. She's like in her late. Maybe, maybe she's 30 actually. Okay. Uh, and so it's cool. I have a younger brother um, who's wow. in his early 20s. I have two other and who I always consider him. I mean, he's my brother for life, but like we are, we're half brothers. Okay. So same mom, different dads, half, right? Yeah, That's yeah, half. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I have two stepbrothers, uh, Jack and Finn, who again, like I would never use like the terms like step or half. Yeah. These are like just, we're just brothers. But again, like Jack and Finn, they're... Uh, Man, Jack's about to have his driver's license. Wow. Um, Finn is like, in, <laughs> Finn's like buying, selling sneakers on StockX and stuff. He's like, <laughs> I think Finn's around 14 or so. Man, I wish. But, you, you know, wow. same dad, different moms type thing. And so. It's a big fam. Yeah, we have a big fam. You know, we're spread out. It's cool. It's, it's cool. crazy you say about yeah. kids doing that because my son was into that too for a second. <laughs> like, it's almost like kids. Are, it's not like a job, but kids are finding ways to make money. Not the traditional ways, like buying and flipping yeah. shoes. And like you said, it's, it's a whole different world. Although yeah. it's not traditional, too, you're learning a traditional sense of making a profit margin, yeah, building a business, scaling it, which is really cool. It's like cool to talk on the phone with my like young, early teens brother, and he's you know essentially running his own little business. And actually, it started with candy with him. Oh, wow. So, dude, check it. Selling candy at school or something? Yeah, my dad hit me up. My dad's like, you would never believe it. Your little brother, Finn, is selling, Is he's going to Costco with us, buying bulk candy and, like, breaking it down at school and selling it to kids, then using his money to buy a pair of shoes on StockX. 
And I was like, wow. low key proud. I'm like, this is for sure my brother. And I'm like, okay, <laughs> also dad, same dad, different moms. You are the hustler in the family. Yeah. Figured that out. You know what I mean? Wow. And so, um, but it was cool like hearing that he does that. And dude, I, I was like, yo, I'm about to go to Japan, Finn. I was like, let me get you a bunch of Japanese candy. And so I sent this dude a huge box of candy from Tokyo. And dude, he was selling like truffle Pringles that I got for a hundred yen over there for like nine bucks. Wow, in his imported. school. Dude, it was so sick. This dude was selling like some really dope, like exotic Japanese candy. He made bread on it. It was really cool. Wow, man. Yeah, it was cool. Dude, just a business and entrepreneur. <laughs> that's that's kids it's crazy how kids are starting early like that. To dive back even deeper, my son Nash is six and he just asked me if we could do a booth at the flea market. Wow, man. Straight like father up. like son. That's awesome. I'm man. like tripping. It's kind of <laughs> crazy. That's yeah. so cool because he sees what you do, you know? Yeah. And he wants to make money because he's like yeah. a, he's like obsessed with Lego Star Wars. So he also knows that like to get that next set, he needs to figure out how to make money. Yeah, that's like a lot. Lego's no joke. This oh, looks... it's actually no joke, yeah. Wow. You took him to Legoland, obviously. Oh, bro, was... yeah, yeah. He's he's like in fact he's like watching the YouTubes. He he knows so much about Legos and Star Wars right now. I didn't even know there was that much to know. And were you a fan of Star Wars growing up? Mildly. Me you too, know? man. It's I like really... it's cool. Yeah. You know, but like, I'm not like, I don't know everything. He knows yeah. everything. Dang. And I'm like, damn. Yeah. <laughs> and so how, how are you growing up? Me growing what up? What kind of kid were you? Look, I was born in 1990. Uh, yeah. That's crazy. My mom had me, my mom worked at Gap. So she always had me as like, you know, a done up little Gap kid kind of growing up. But um, I played soccer. Soccer was a huge part of my life before skateboarding. Kay. I played for probably almost 10 years. Uh, travel soccer and probably that would have been like my future going forward if I would have stuck with it You're serious about it but I, I was really serious yeah. about it yeah but then one day um and I was always mildly into skating my dad and my uncle are surfers okay my uncle's a skater my dad can skate not a skater you you, you feel me yeah <laughs> but uh they taught me how to skate and surf when I was like you know 12 and awesome. so skateboarding had always been this part of my life but I was like a soccer player and uh, my dad, when my parents got divorced, actually, my dad moved to Leesburg, Virginia. And that's where you get the Ashburn Park because my mom lived in Ashburn. Uh, my dad moved to Leesburg and there was a skate park in the town. And then I just started going to the skate park every Hold day. How old were you then? Uh, maybe like 14, okay. 2004. Um, and so, so I just started skateboarding, going to the park every day and it, it won me over soccer. Wow. You know, like I started to find myself wanting to go to the park to skate more than not soccer practice. Yeah, exactly. That's kind of where it switched for me. And I became a skater, you know, and that was it was, it. I even switched schools uh, to go to. I was going to school in Ashburn where my mom was living. But I switched to go to the high school where my dad was living in Leesburg because it was cool as shit. Like <laughs> Leesburg was so dope, dude. My homies were skating to class. Wow. Like they cool. would meet at my friend Travis's house and skate to school. That's cool, man. But then I was catching the end of it because I was from a different town. So like my mom would like drop me off at the skate park like after <laughs> school, you know, and I was yeah. like, all right, I need to move to Leesburg and like skate the town with these guys. Yeah. Know? Well, uh, we used a street skater. I was more of like a park rat, but okay. we skated a lot of street. Like we were definitely throwing ourselves downstairs. I think like, you know, my biggest set when I was younger was maybe like in a 10 stair, you know, yeah. that we all eat or something. This was cool. But, you know, we always hit some handrails. We would go to DC. Yeah. Um, my claim to fame was like a lip slide down gold rail, which is pretty cool. It's you know, awesome. some of the old heads might recognize gold rail. Yeah. You know, it's a sick one, but 
Yeah, yeah. Skateboarding played a huge part in it for me, actually. <laughs> and were we and how were you as a student? Like a good student? Uh, no, I wasn't really a great student. <laughs> and not even that I'm proud of that yeah. at this point. Like but it, it wasn't like a malicious bad student. It was just I was so bored in school. Same. I was bored out of my mind in there, dude. Yeah. So I was constantly like class clown shit, uh, just like acting out. Making it, of attention. making it tough for other people to learn now that yeah. I look back. <laughs> yeah. um, those who want, had an interest in it. Skateboarding through the halls, you know, teachers chasing us, you know, wow. like we, we love to get in trouble, you know, bringing the little stink bombs in, uh, do, sorry, so doing them in the cafeteria, you know, everyone clearing out. Like <laughs> we liked to get in trouble, you know, summer school every year, you know, like. And were your parents strict? Um, It was like. You know, probably not, actually. My mom wasn't too strict. Like, she always gave me the benefit of the doubt, you yeah. know? And, like, always had my back, so she wasn't super strict, but definitely kept us in line. Yeah. And my dad was a little bit more strict. Like, I was always more scared to bring him a report card with an F as opposed to my mom. Yeah. Um. And so, <laughs> like, yeah, I think, like, that's... But overall, they were pretty open. Like, they, they kind of let us have freedom. Yeah. You know? And what about, like, partying? Were you, like, a party kid? Uh, I liked to party, you know, back in <laughs> high school. Yeah, I was I was into it. I, you know, I drank and stuff like yeah. that. I, I didn't really, I probably haven't like partied or drank alcohol in like 10 plus years. Wow. It just was never really exciting for me, but mm -hmm. I liked doing it to hang out with my friends and stuff. Yeah. I was more like excited to s skate, to that be honest. It, like yeah. I, I really, I was like, oh, cool. Like I'll go to the party like two hours after you guys because we're still skating downtown right now. And so, like, I know you guys are going to the party at six, but like, we'll be there at eight. Yeah, you know what I mean? Because we're gonna skate there, and we're skating spots on the way. So, it was really trying to put skating first, and like, we'd even skip school to skate, dude. We built like tree forts and ramps in the woods. And, tree forts and ramps, dude. Wow. We had a three-story tree fort called. Okay. Uh, it was called Hobo Mansion because. <laughs> They, there would be other people sleeping there usually, yeah, you know yeah, what I'm yeah. saying, that would clear out and then we would kind of take it over and do our like skate thing. But like, that's cool. Yeah, it was cool, man. We had our spots. It was sick. Did you want to um, ever be sponsored? I did. That was the dream. Did you have a goal. That was your dream. Yeah, dude. Like, you know how you always, I always felt like I was like flow with some brand. We knew the rep for Soltech. Okay. S America and Etnies. Harrison Montgomery. Shout out to Harrison, actually. Shout out to Harrison. <laughs> because, yo, like when I moved to Leesburg, Everyone, it was like this like lore where you could go to like knock on his door and get some socks. Okay. You know what I mean? Like skater kids in the town like found his address. Oh, wow. And you would go knock on his door and be like, yo, Harrison, like you got any swag? And he, <laughs> might, throw you, he might throw you some Etnies Cali cuts. You know what I'm saying? Wow. And some stickers and some he socks. He was cool. He was cool as shit, dude. Harrison was dope. He put on for us, you know? And he started to definitely flow us gear and things, but that was always the goal to get sponsored. I never, I never was. You know, I worked, doing contests. I did contests. Always placed. You know, first through third. Always, wow. always did well. You know, I could skate a park. Yeah, that was our thing. Like, dude, we grew up in a town with a park. Yeah, we skated it from on weekends, eight a.m. till nine p.m. You know, like, and they did competitions at our park, so it was like home turf shit. It was yeah, like, dude, that's cool. Come from out of town, skate our park for a competition. Nah, we're we're taking top three for sure. Yeah, <laughs> you know, it's <laughs> something beautiful about that growing up skating, just like spending all those hours just skating and trying the same trick oh. over and over again, and finally landing it, and that feeling you get that high, it's just yep. like. It's indescribable, man. It's emotional, dude. I yeah. We watched back. My friend Omar filmed everything we did our entire childhood, and there's Whoa. videos of me trying tricks and just to a point where I would just start crying. You know what I, I mean? Feel that, like, man. dude, yeah. like, I there is this video of me like 
doing this ollie off of this like shed that must have been like six or seven feet tall and i kept doing it and i was like omar i was like my ankles hurt so bad he's like do it you fucking pussy and i'm like <laughs> i'm like i'm trying and i would like go back up and i would try to ollie off and i'm like landing you can see my legs are like trembling and i like uh. i just remember like you would try so hard you know what i mean it was trying to get that clip trying yeah. to put a sponsor tape together like such a big deal doing that back it, then. it was cool dude it was fun yeah would you ever release like a documentary I think that'd be dope. Yeah, I would love to one day. The story's not over yet, though. It's not over yet. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so what, what was like your goal? So that was pretty much your. Well, you do, how, how about art? How about like art and stuff like that? Yeah, actually, like skateboarding kind of got me into art. So my friend Omar, who was filming us, his dad actually gave him the opportunity to open a skate shop in okay. 2005. So in 2005, Omar's 17. I'm 15. He opened a skate shop, and I ran it with him wow yeah dude it was sick we did all the orders we threw an art show because all of our friends like our friend graham who ended up filming the round two show photographer our friend bobby who's actually an artist out here now uh street artist okay. we had so many friends that were so talented and we wanted to use our space to highlight them and think i'm 15 at the time and me and omar are like let's throw an art show and we threw this like dope art show like it was sick dude it was a really cool wow. community yeah, it was sick. So were you working there and going to school? I was working in there and going to school. Uh, I would even like skip school just to work in there. It was so sick, dude. I loved being in there. You know, like yeah. all and just being the guy behind the counter at the skate shop was cool. You're gripping the boards for kids. Yeah. You got like a cool video on in the background. Like kids looked up to you as being like the cool dude at the skate shop. So it was sick. And what was you know? that? Were you into fashion there too? or? Uh, Like mildly. You know, being a skateboarder, you're always, whether you like it or not, into fashion, art, music, it's true. culture as a whole. It's true. You know what I mean? You could deny it all day, but you're into it. And because even that's where I learned it, like I didn't purposely get into music. I just would watch a skate video, for example, maybe Yeah Right, which has a phenomenal soundtrack. Okay. And I might hear a song by The Cardigans that I didn't ever fucking know. True. But it resonated with me. Then I'm looking up the soundtrack. There was a... There was a website back in the day that had all the soundtracks for all the skate movies listed. I think it was that. like cool. skatevid music or some shit like that dot com. And you would look it up and you could find the soundtrack and you're like, oh shit, uh, you know, that song from Brian Anderson's part or whatever. Mm -hmm. And then you would download it and then you'd find more music from that artist. It's cool. And so like it really was my vehicle into so much. And then even being like a fan of your favorite skater, the yeah. pro model board was always art. It was always art. Beautiful art, man. Whether cool it was art. By the skater themselves, by an artist who they knew, by some artists you didn't know, but then you yeah. had discovery there. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And then it's like, that's how you find out about Pusshead artwork. That's how you find out about Kozik. You know what I'm saying? That's mm -hmm. how you find out about Brian Donnelly, Cause and stuff. And it's like, that's how you find out about these different artists through skateboarding. It was so crazy. So it was like, no, I wasn't into fashion. No, I wasn't into art or music, but I was into skateboarding, which subconsciously made me a fan of all that it's so true i'm thinking know? back with like not as coppice and gonzalez and neil blender and all Bro. the artwork and mike oh Delaney and like all those colorful all those early boards. powell shirts and yeah just thinking about the division street wears yep. for my generation the jimmy z's and jimmy all the Z. gear everybody rocked in the 80s and and listen to the bones watching bones brigade and hearing all those punk bands and then i checked out yep. the same thing it's just a different generation it's always offered such discovery you yeah. know like what a what a great vehicle to just like variety yeah, you know, I was always so grateful for skateboarding because even like looking back at our video of of us skating, it's like my homie Omar's family 
uh, Middle Eastern, you know, his whole family um, was is from Iraq, you know, wow. and we always shared that with him, like going to his house and his mom making us like these phenomenal, like traditional meals that to this day, nothing's ever compared to sure. and like learning about his culture and his history, you know, and then all of our friends, like, you know, everyone just seemed to be from somewhere completely different, but we all lived in Northern Virginia and it was cool yeah. just being able to discover that, you know, it's, it's pretty cool. I love that. I love that skateboarding is like that. Also music, but skateboarding brings all kinds of people together and you just all be for the love of just skating. Do you know yep. what I'm saying? Like, it still does to this day. It's yeah, crazy. And, and it opened, it opened my mind so much as a kid and I absorbed it all. I was taking it all and watching the videos and yep. where people were rocking and the different tricks. It just, Dude, the trends that have went through skateboarding that have then evolved into fashion and and seeped into runway shows, seeped into civilians' life and I other mean, people's lives. Don't even skate. It's incredible. It really and is. This how, how long yeah. it, how long it's been here for, and that too as well. It, actually, it's been a short amount of time in perspective, right? Mm. Like when you think about skateboarding, it hasn't been a, around as long, nearly as long as some of these trends that are a hundred plus years. Levi, Levi's has been making jeans over a hundred years. Wow. You know what I mean? It's pretty crazy. So skateboarding, 70s, right? Yeah, so, right? Yeah. 70s, late 60s, maybe. Yeah. Serious skating, 70s. So, I mean, it's, it's young. What are we, 50 years old skateboarding? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, dude, it's not bad. No, it's cool. Yeah. Um. So, you graduated? Graduated what? School. Like high school? Yeah. Yeah. Didn't go to college. Yeah. Tried it. <laughs> you, just, it you just, when you graduated, you Gave what, it a whirl. You just, you tried college. Uh, yeah, but not what right major? away. Um, yeah. no major. Was there a major? Do you have to pick one? I don't know. Was it mandatory to went. have one to go? I don't know. I like, don't know. I never went either. Okay, yeah. maybe there was one. I don't know what I chose, but um, I was just still living in like Leesburg. Mm -hmm. I had actually moved out of my parents' house when I was like seventeen because okay. my homie Omar, who owned the shop, he was like, "Yo, instead of a paycheck, you can live in this room at the crib," and I was like, "Dope." Got my own room at this house on the border of like Maryland and Virginia. Wow, it was okay. pretty sick. I, pretty young like 17 or so so yeah. that was like fun and uh yeah i think like man just skating and working there just skating and working yeah and then my my dad was like passively aggressively kind of saying like dude what's next yeah you know like what are you gonna do like what's the the grand scheme and i was like well i was like i want to live in new york city because he was like, where do you want to live? He was like, because he's essentially saying you have to move from here. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? He was like, where out. do you need to go? I can help you try to get there. And I was like, yeah, I want to live in New York. I was like, I think that's where I'm going to, that's where I want to be. And he was like, yeah, how about we do a starter city first? Because my dad's, you know, a New Yorker. He's worked in Manhattan and yeah. lived in New York his whole life. You know what I mean? Upstate and spent a lot of time in the city. And so he knew that it was like. I like a starter city. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. He hit me with the starter <laughs> city. Like, cool. <laughs> but then I was like, yeah, well, what about like Richmond, Virginia? I was like, have you ever heard of it? I was, I had never been before. I was like, my friend Graham and a few other friends just moved there to go to the school of VCU. I was like, you know, maybe I'll move there. And this was on a Friday. And my dad's like, all right. He's like, let's find a place. And we went on Craigslist and we found an apartment that was $400. Uh, wow. Or sorry, it was 650 a month. Still. Two bedrooms though. So my goal was to get a roommate and only pay like two fifty or three. That's wild. And got the spot. We left Monday. Packed, wow. packed a U-Haul trailer with all my shit. This dude took me to Richmond, dropped my ass off. <laughs> and what about your boy, the uh, skate shop? Was he bummed? Omar? Oh man, the, I could get in that story forever. Omar had his own problems. Okay. I ended up like really being like the sole runner of that store. Okay. And it, it went out of business in 2008 because his, 
I actually like wanted to inherit it from him, but his dad was like really honoring him and saying like, you know, this is Omar's store and like, I can't give it to a friend. Mm. You know what I mean? Okay. And so like, if it's not going to be ran by Omar, it can't be ran. I respect that. You know what I mean? I respect that. It's like, that's his son. You know what I mean? I'm not. So it's it's cool. And uh, so the store closed in 2008. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Yep. So your goal is just to get out to a city and start skating. There was nothing about... My first day in Richmond, dude, I just put on headphones and got lost on a skateboard. Wow. Got my cruiser and I just rode as far as I could in the city. Got lost as shit. Had no idea where I was. And I was like, all right, cool. I was like, keep skating and just like skated around and just found shit found stores and called friends and started being up with people. Yeah. Cool. You may be first job there. And be- yeah. First job there is at a buy, sell, trade boutique store called uh, Rumors. Rumors Boutique, which is really what inspired around too. Okay. And Rumors was primarily women's. Okay. And so they opened me up. Actually, I had never really went to a thrift store before I moved to Richmond. Okay. We grew up in a in Leesburg and there was an outlet mall there. So we were savvy shoppers. We were always like eBayers, always like going to the outlet because we knew we could buy some cheap there. Like I worked at Levi's Outlet. I worked at Saks. I worked at Barney's, Diesel, you name it. Like wow. we all bopped around the outlets. You know okay. what I mean? That was the hustle. And um and so anyways, like I was working at rumors and I'm like, this is cool. You know, like Richmond showed me thrift stores. Like I remember the first time I went into rumors before I worked there, I had gotten like a nineties polo bear polo shirt. Nice. And I'm like, damn, I was like in my head, I'm like, I know these are pretty expensive at the polo store right now. Cause I shop there at the mall. Yeah. I was like, that's crazy at this one's 10 bucks. I'm mm-hmm. like, and it's vintage. And then I'm like, I'm like weird about, you know, like I always, I'm like a senses guy. Okay. So I'm like, man i'm like this is even better quality i'm like this is crazy and then since i was like a shoe ebayer i'm like let me look this up on ebay and then i'm like whoa someone's selling one for like 60 plus mm. and then that's when it clicked okay and i was like dope that's how i'll make money out here in richmond is going to thrift stores and going to auctions and that's when i found out about goodwill bins which is hot right now but i was doing that 10 plus years ago yeah you know what i'm saying is that just going through a whole bunch of stuff goodwill yeah. has the outlet where they put everything in bins and you buy by the pound yeah wow and it's like really like hype hype right now but okay. back then it was like in richmond just me like there may have been one other dude i think his instagram's picking vintage okay and he was the other like og out there who did the bins but that was it and that's how i survived you can on YouTube, you can find this like old video that my friend Graham filmed over 10 years ago before we had round two uh, of me just, I had a beach cruiser, like women's bike that I would like <laughs> ride to the thrift stores and I have like trash bags hanging from it of all the stuff I bought. Wow. Then I would like go home, lay it out and I would call friends who I thought might like it. I'd be like, yo, Steve, I just got, this is my homie, Steve, Scuba Steve is what we called him. Okay. I'll be like, yo, Scuba, like I just got this, uh, purple polo with like the uh aqua blue horse like i know you got the aqua eights and he's like bro you know me (laughs) and i'm like i know i know you i'm like 20 bucks come through and like he would come through give me 20 bucks i'd sell him the shirt i got it for a couple dollars Mm. and this just became my life dude of just curating shit at my house calling my friends over at your house yeah at my house calling my friends over and i would set up a room in my house like almost like a store like what round two ended up looking like Yeah, yeah, yeah and friends would come by and shop and they would bring like another friend through sometimes. Sometimes I'd meet a random dude on the street. Wow. That's how I met some of my best, some of my best friends. I met just a dude would be like, yo, like that's a fly ass polo hat. And I'd be like, you want to buy one? I have some at my house. 
Mm. And dudes would come through my house and buy like a dope polo hat. Then they would tell a friend and I was like the secret spot. Wow. It's kind of tight. And then what was like your sneaker game at that point? Were you heavily into it? I was heavy into it, dude. Like <laughs> the biggest sneaker head and you ever. And eBay sneakers. So eBay and sneakers. Dude, them? I was like going to the thrift stores and coming up. I was coming up, dude. I would go to the thrift store at Richmond and get like 12 pairs of Jordans. Dude, like retros, like Cardinals, Aqua 8s. Uh, wow. You know, Flint 7s, like random shit. Cool gray 4s, like fire red 4s, like just the dopest shit. It was just almost dime a dozen out there dude and we had wow. i had so many sneakers and then fast forward we opened round two and i started to make a little bit of money which i spent every single penny of at the mom and pop store on our same block sunny menswear okay you had to show him money to get in the front door literally wow. i would spend my breaks <laughs> there him and his wife would make me these like chinese spinach lock keys or some shit like that they were so fucking good <laughs> and i would just buy all the shoes he had from, he had everything from like the 80s till like 2000s Timberlands, Dolomite boots, Timberland, all that shit. And I, I just started buying like the best like 90s beef and broccolis from him. Like wow. really dope shit, dude. I just would buy, 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 buy. And I amassed like 400 plus pairs of shoes. Wow. Yeah. And so how old are you then? You this was 20s? like, yeah, this was 20s, probably like 22 it was just before round two opened, which was in 2013. So I was like 22, 21. When you opened that up, the first uh, one? I was 23, yeah. Wow. And did you have a place to open it up? You had a whole bunch of things you had bought already? and like So me and my partners, Chris and Luke, uh, Chris was also doing what I was doing. And we had put our stuff together and called it round two. Okay. So we had like kind of created this business round two out of a closet, out of a storage unit. We rented it at U-Haul for 400 bucks a month. And they told us that we could bring people in for appointments within their hours. Actually, we asked, we were like, can we bring people in here to like sell them things? The guy's like, are you selling drugs? We were like, no, it's close. He's like, do whatever you want then. He's like, it's your unit. Wow. We we're like, all right, tight. So we would take appointments from like 12 noon to 5 p.m. <laughs> That's crazy. It was sick. Just word of mouth and in, stuff. Too. In wow. 2012. And then 2013, Chris was like, yo, my friend who has a head shop on broad street is like moving to colorado to grow his business and he said we can take over his lease it's only 750 a month 700 dollars a month yeah wow, and we talked to the landlord and the landlord was like you don't need to give me a security deposit just pay the first month's rent of 750 dude yeah it's cool so that that's how you were surviving the whole time pretty mm -hmm. much did your parents know what you were doing, like flipping clothes? Yeah, and all that no, stuff? they were yeah. pretty proud of it actually, because like yeah. I was self-sufficient at that point, where I was constantly the dude hitting my parents up for twenty bucks, nine a.m. every day. Hey, dad, could you throw twenty in my account? <laughs> yeah. Hey, dad, could you throw another twenty in? What happened to the twenty I gave you yesterday? I spent it. You have to learn to save, and it's like fuck. Like, how do you save twenty dollars a day? It's tough. <laughs> I'm like, geez, man. Um, <laughs> you know and i'm wow. living in a college town you know yeah and uh anyways though so yeah it felt really good like they were proud that i was able to sell things on ebay and make some kind of money you and then know? open a store though and open a store yeah it was really cool did you ever have any thoughts back then of designing clothes or making anything or no not really i i can say like i never had the idea of being a designer or anything like that i always knew that i wanted to like run my own business just because i always had trouble working for someone else yeah but i always did have the energy to work like it's not that i don't want to work i'm not lazy by any means yeah. i just have trouble working for you specifically do you know mm -hmm. what i'm saying and um you get work, work ethic yeah yeah exactly and so 
yeah, I just knew that I wanted to do that. But even to this day, it's like, I'm still like, am I truly a designer or am I just like really decisive about decisions and what I personally like? Mm-hmm. You know, I, I find myself always arguing with that because I don't quite take the definition as a designer because I also am like an artist, but I'm also a collector and and kind of like a curator or whatever. And so it's yeah. a lot of things. So if anything, I'm just very decisive. You could ask me a question about anything. I can give you an answer. No questions asked. Yeah. You know what I mean about if I like a piece of art or if I like the color you used on your refrigerator back there, like it's an easy yes or no. Okay. You know? Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. Which by the way, I love it. It's Thank great. You. It's Thank phenomenal. You. So round two opens up and then is, yeah. that, is it, is it like a instant awesome thing or was it a hard road or um, people it, were stoked and it was different because like no one at that time, it's hard to put into perspective, but we were the only store of our kind. The only other thing that existed was Flight Club, Riff, and I think maybe Stadium Goods. Okay. But these were all consignment-based stores. Yeah. So very rarely at our level were you able to walk into a store and get cashed out. And so it became like a really, it was unbelievable. We brought such a new thing to the city and then the world in general when we started putting it on YouTube. Yeah. And like, man, we started a wave. Started we really did. But, but again, like we were learning to this day, every Every 24 hours that goes by, I'm constantly learning through round two. Still. Still. Every single day on how to run a business through, you know, mistakes and trials and tribulations and et cetera. It's like round two has been just such a learning project, you know? Yeah, and even just think about like knowing what something's worth when somebody brings it in, like having that knowledge and knowing everything about. That goes with being decisive. Yeah. Yeah. Because when we opened, there wasn't a market. You couldn't go on StockX and be like, oh, well, we're opening a resale store. What should we be buying Chicago Jordan 1s at? Well, here's what the other <laughs> market's paying for them. It's true. It had, it, that was not a thing. And we also, we also didn't open the store based on... The word reseller was very rarely used. You know, we were a boutique store okay. in our eyes because we were curating what we liked. It wasn't just vintage. It was everything. Everything. Everything under the sun. It could have came out yesterday. It could come out next week. It could have came out in the 70s cool shit we put it all in one store yeah. and so it was like we weren't doing things for the monetary gain we were doing it because we knew we had something to offer that no one else did and so that's really how things did change and it became more of a business was us starting to pay attention to margins and things mm. like that but it always was a guessing game where someone would bring something in and we were like well how cool do we think this is we'd ask them what do you want for him <laughs> you know and the person yeah. like i don't fucking know i bought him for a hundred retail and i wore him for a couple years and we're like, shit, 40? Yeah. We'll sell them for 90? A little less than you bought them for? We don't even know. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And so really every sneaker, thousands and thousands of shoes and clothes coming through the store was so much R&D in just testing what a consumer liked and yeah. how much they were willing to pay for it. You know what I mean? It was, even the t-shirts too, like the throwback hip hop shirts and just so many. All that like I've stuff. I've got stuff from I mean, you guys too, like the, all the shirts and just what era they're from, what condition they're in with the tags, say BPT, just yep. different things like that. Like trying to like know if it's real or not, or just reprint it or just, and that stuff, a lot. that stuff didn't even matter too much before, uh, like social media really grew. Like, yeah, you were deciphering between bootlegs and fakes and stuff, but it wasn't so like consumer facing that it is now that everyone was like holding the knowledge of knowing what their preferred tag is for a vintage t-shirt. Yeah. And so it's kind of like, with the growth of social media came that though came like knowing prices there being a market being able to reference like it's so funny thinking back when we opened in 2013 
And maybe one person selling you something every few weeks would be like, well, I did see one sold for this price on this weird ass eBay seller or something. Uh And you'd be like, okay, here's a gauge. But outside of that, in Facebook groups, there wasn't much. But it's cool seeing how it would grow. And then the more people would just be showing you their phone at the back counter, like, well, I follow this person that sold it for this much. And you're like, oh, shit, okay. You know, and so as social media grew, we're like, wow, there's a real market here that's like growing. It's interesting. Yeah. And so how long did you have? How long was so you just having round two? That was the first store. And you had that for how long before you opened the second one? Uh, Probably just like a couple of years, I think. And then. But we, in those years, you, you do that con do the contest for Nike. Um, or nah. So that's later because that's that came in 2016, I think. 2016. Yeah. And that was like the first year we moved to California. Round okay. two kind of just like popped off, you know. The what the uh, the Melrose one? Yeah, yeah, the Melrose one. It, yeah, it kind of popped if, off. And for a person that spent a lot of time on Melrose with my kid, he had daycare over there, and there was some other stores there, and an M Cafe, the spot I always eat at with my son. I, I I saw in my own eyes, you know, as an older person, you know, taking my son, like the I want to say revived it. But when round two came there, I it just brought a whole new energy and kind of brought that that street back to life i think personally it it was a spot to chill yeah you could literally like hit someone up and they might be going to round two same time as you and it was like the dopest spot to meet you know what i mean yeah and then chances are maybe like yachty's in there shopping or cardi or whoever like your favorite artist from any genre could have been in there angelina jolie's been in there i mean who knows wow you know so it was a really that was a fun time but i mean speaking on the air max thing like that was so it's funny going through because there's these points in my life that changed everything. Yeah. Skateboarding for me changed everything. Yeah. Moving to Richmond changed everything. Moving to California changed everything. The Air Max changed everything because that's when I was like, whoa, am I a designer? <laughs> yeah. Like I'm designing product. Whoa. The whole world responded to it. Man, I garnered support from all these friends I had met through round two. And so that's where shit like really changed, you know what I mean? And like the whole trajectory of kind of what I thought I was going to be when I was just going to skate parks every day, yeah. really flip flopped, you know? And then they just buying like clothes and put them, it's, yeah. but even just that store, like the kind of people that were coming in that sort of compared to like a store, I'm sure people came through in Virginia too as well, but mm-hmm. now you're in Hollywood, now you're in fucking Melrose. Totally like, different. It's, and like you just said, the people, some of the people would come in there and like, it's crazy, man. It's just a totally different world, man. Two, we only had two, maybe uh, I think like a handful of celebrities come by when we were in Richmond. The first real celebrity we ever had come through, I don't know who came through first. It was either DJ Clark Kent or it was Legend. or it was Wale. Wow. Shout out to my homie Orly because he was doing photography for Wale at the time and brought him through in his whole tour bus, parked it out front. But, you know, maybe Clark Kent came through first. I think Clark Kent actually to this day holds like the title for being like the person who found round two. Really? Yeah, for sure. He was like the first person that was like anyone who like discovered us. That's yeah. a, he's the biggest Air Force One head, dude. Like sneaker head, legit. I remember everything. waking up the day he was in Richmond, Virginia, and he was staying at the Jefferson Hotel. And uh, he did a post. If anyone remembers back in the day, I don't know if Clark does it anymore. He should get back to it. But he used to hide shoes in whatever city he was going to. And he would do a post on his Instagram with three clues and you would have to find the shoes. And uh, I remember waking up that morning and I saw the post on his Instagram two minutes after he posted it. And he put three clues in there and I'm like, Jefferson fucking hotel, seventh floor. I'm out. I dipped on my skateboard. (laughs) I found the shoes. I have them to this day. 
No way, dude. East, Easter Air Force One, size 12 and a half. I think he wears a 13, so those didn't have insoles. That's incredible, man. It's tight, right? I'm sure you guys are friends by now. Oh, but that, that good is, homies. Good wow, homies. Yeah, that yeah. That's incredible, man. Yeah. I'm wow. always a, I'm always a fan first, right? And yeah. then I and then I end up meeting these people, and I'm like, wow, like what an honor to be friends. <laughs> so 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 that now you're in L.A. and now that store is crushing too. Mm-hmm. Melrose is crushing. Virginia's crushing. And you're you're like I st- I would still see you waking up early, going to all these places, getting more stuff super early in the morning. I'm obsessed you- with the flea market. Yeah, like you never stop. I mean, California is like. If you're like a secondhand shopper, is this not paradise? Yeah. I mean, let's be serious. Like in Virginia, you had to wait till Saturday to go to a flea market. Okay. In California, you got these things called fucking swap meets. Oh, yeah. 8 a.m. to 8 p.m., baby, every fucking day. Fuck. Indoors, outdoors, you name it. I love that shit. And you still thrive and do I love that. You never I go just... out every day. I Rhodium, Rhodium, the open air flea market, it's seven days a week. It might be six days a week. I go probably on a good week, three days. And I'll go there at like 7 a.m. on my way to work. It's 15 minutes from our warehouse wow. in Compton. Yeah. So you, so you you still just love finding these gems and I finding... Love it. It's just like... It's never slowed up. I always find a gem. Why would I stop? I love it. Yeah. I'm obsessed with it. It's a, it's a passion. It's, it's awesome. so much fun, dude. Yeah. And then it's become more mainstream. So I'm sharing this now with like everybody. Mm-hmm. Like the same passion. And I'm going to the flea and there's other dudes hunting. And I'm like living vicariously through everyone else. I'm like watching them come up. I'm getting more motivated to get there earlier. So I find that next time, whatever, you know. Are there certain spots that people try to get before? It's not a competition, but if it's a competition. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> if they know you're going to pull up or somebody's pulling up, okay, who so gets there first? For sure. Like, okay, in California for me from like 2016 to 2019, there was like three years where like it was a competition. I had to be there first and I had to have it all. You're obsessed. Obsessed. And I was like competing with like these like huge, you know, Japanese buyers and like European buyers and big buyers from the US. And like I was trying to hang with the big dogs, you know? And like I saw these dudes, like, you know, we would do the thing where we would get to Rose Bowl at 2 a.m. We'd wait in the parking lot two hours till they opened at four for vendors to go in. We'd go in at four as a vendor so we could shop the vendors' booths, right? Mm. Ages old trick. A lot of people know it. Rose Bowl is popping now, but. I want people to know there was a time when me and my homie Adam were the only two people in that fucking parking lot. There's another Thai dude who was buying a lot of really good Levi's at the time, but the three of us would be in that parking lot at 2 a.m., not another soul. And wow. this this went on for at least a year, maybe a little bit more. It was dope, but like we had to be first. But I would see these Japanese dudes, and I had never seen anything like this. Yamada, who owns uh, Burbergen stores in Tokyo, best in the world, best vintage stores in the world. I don't want to hear otherwise. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like hands down, no questions asked. And I would watch him walk up to a booth and just be like, yeah, take it all. Motion with his hand and just take it all. All of it. Just buy it all. Wow, man. And I was like, whoa, dudes are doing that? And they bring it all back. Wow, Whoa. dude. And so like it, I remember going to Rose Bowl when the polo shit was like really popping mm-hmm. and like searching for low, right? And I remember there is this moment like this defines like competition, right? I remember walking up to a dude's booth and I see a P-Wing pocket tee there. And uh, another Japanese dude saw it at the same time as me. We're still friends to this day. Uh, I always would be like my main competitor. You know what I mean? But like yeah. friendly competition. We both saw it. And I remember we both are like running. This fool dives and grabs it. Dives. Dove. Dove. 
dove and grabbed it. Wow. Ended up getting this P-Wing shirt for like 20 bucks, which was sick. <laughs> I immediately turned around and I was like, I give you 120 for it. You know what I mean? Like, like that wow. hype to get, because I was just excited, you know? So like, that happens like right on the spot. Like in the spot, offer. dude. It's like, boom, let me get that from you. You know what I mean? Then the seller's like, what the fuck? You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> holy crap man uh, rose bowl is rose bowl was fun the flea markets here are cool dude it's a cool community everyone knows each other you whether you're intimidated by the next person or not it's fun dude it's but cool. now it's become really popular it's really popular now yeah so there's a lot of people coming early like you everyone do. yeah 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 that's the thing like if you're not there early you're just like not there you know yeah yeah and people know you and they see you they know what you're getting what you're doing and yeah most of them you know there's de- people who have definitely like surpassed me at this point that are like the hot dudes on the street you know i'm kind of like you know a little more washed up at this point no i'm just kidding, I'm just kidding. no but like there's dudes now who but it's a community it's well, like a- it's all about who's ever like popping at the time and okay. so there was a time when i was getting there first and i'm walking through and i'm doing the thing where it's like okay i'll take all those oh the whole pile of teas you saved for me cool i'll take it you all. started doing that yeah yeah doing that thing where i'm like cool you saved all those for me i'll take it all you know what i mean oh you saved this for me cool i'll take it all so then everyone's saving shit for you wow and you're in, you're really investing in these sellers and like you're providing consecutive consistent income for them so they're providing consistent product for you and where and they shop where they get all this stuff at who knows you don't ask yeah. really you let them do their hustle and uh it's you cool. know rag houses warehouses texas whatever you know what i mean mexico could be from anywhere um europe and so like everyone finds their little plug but yeah that was cool and so there's always you know there's new dudes like i'll go to rose bowl now and i take the slow route <laughs> and i watch the new young hustlers and they're you know it's funny because the sellers have their racks yeah then they have their van and then they have the doors open in the van and then you see who's in the back of the van. You're like, that's the new young hustler. Wow. Because they're getting the van access. They're buying mad bulk. You know what I'm saying? Crazy. And so it's just cool, like, seeing these things evolve, like, in front of your eyes, being like, all right, cool. Like, look at these dudes doing their hustle. They got bags full of shit. You new know? generation. Yeah, it's cool, man. And seeing what people are into, you know. Have you traveled out of the country to get stuff? I revolve around it. Okay. Yeah. Like all my travel. Carrying tons of stuff back to America. Every time. Like, I mean, dude, I've (laughs) been. Can't stop. I've been to Indonesia, uh, China, Japan, all over Europe. Like it, you name it. I've been all over the place and I'm constantly buying as much vintage as humanly possible when I'm shopping or when I'm traveling. Yeah. Just carrying all bags, buying Yeah, bags I mean, and... I just love, first off, I love supporting businesses abroad. Yeah. Like, there's nothing that feels better than to be like, oh my gosh, like, there's margin in this product that I can buy from you and support you and bring back and then also support my staff in my stores as well. So, yeah, it feels good at a certain point being able to, you know, shop out there and, and support, you know, some other people doing the same thing as you. It's pretty yeah, cool. Yeah, Japan crushes with that too, Crushes, man. crushes. Yeah, yeah is, is a certain place you love to go and you know you can find like awesome stuff. Tokyo, I mean Japan, you know, it's my favorite place in the entire world. I, I have to agree. Yeah. I've been there 12 times now in my life. There Played go. there 12 love times. That. I'm love sure that. times. But like it's it's incredible. I mean, dude, how was it performing there? I mean, it's like amazing. the ultimate fans, right? Not to dis, not to disregard like any other fans, no. but like I mean, there's something about you know, the love you get and, you know, just receive out there. Like I mean, kids would definitely bow and at me before they stage dived. Yeah. When the song's over, people are completely quiet because they want to let you speak. They're not going crazy cheering. They let you want to hear what you have to say, you know, like yeah. true fans interested. Like what's Toby going to say? What's going to come out of his mouth? I'm dying for his every word. I can't wait. Yeah. And just you going know? back there, back in the, I yeah. went there early nineties where there was oh, like no man. graffiti on the, on the trains or the buses, people uh-huh. park their bikes with no locks. Yep. It's still like that, straight people up. People wearing masks out of respect if they had a cold, which I always thought was incredible back yep. then. Just being respectful. 
just it was hard to be vegan back then going there, but now my brother was just there with, yep. with the band he's with. He sent me pictures like in front of a vegan restaurant. I was like, oh my God, I can't believe it. It took a while for Japan to, even though there's rice and there's like uh, sushi and avocado and there's tofu, but yeah, yeah. it was hard back then, man. Yeah, I feel that. I couldn't imagine actually. <laughs> I, I bet that was tough. But, but now yeah. it's like thriving. Some of the best vegan food I've ever had in my entire life. I've been on the there planet. in years, Bro, so I can. You would go insane. Wow. Okay, so a few top, a few spots just off top. Vegan Izakaya Masaka. It's in the Parco uh, Mall, bottom floor. My stomach's churning right now thinking about it. It is the most phenomenal traditional Japanese and also Chinese food I've ever had. Okay. Like vegan aside, just ever. Okay. You know, and then there's another spot called uh, this one's in Omotisando. Uh, it's called Jangara, uh, vegan Jangara. Okay. And so this spot has like a creamy vegan ramen, like just some of the best shit I've ever had. And then, you know, Superiority Burger from New York yeah, is yeah, yeah. out there. Pizzanista's out there. Pizzanista is? Yeah. So is M Cafe. M Cafe. That's crazy. Wow. Earth Cafe is out there. Do you know what else? You know Beverly Hills Juice? Yeah. There's like a, a one that's like a... It's not a bootleg version, but it's like that. It looks oh, just sick. like, and they have juice there. I couldn't I believe love it. it. Nah, so many, so many great options out there, dude. Left and right. Wow, I haven't been there in so long. Oh, you got to go. You got to go. It's waiting for you. So let's get to the ultimate vegan sneaker that I love that I just bought. I'm not gonna say how much I bought them for. Conver- for- Converse Chucks. No, <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> for myself for Christmas. Vans I Eras. Had, I had two pairs, and I just I skated in them. I fucking loved them. But just you design like. My question about the uh, the ninety seven Air Max ones, um, corduroy joints. We're gonna talk about. Um, had you designed any shoe before that, or wanted to design a shoe, and you, you just entered this thing to try it and say fuck it? I had never designed anything except the interior of a round two store at that okay. point. You know what I mean? Like that was yeah. it for me. And uh, I had just gotten actually to know a, a bunch of people that worked for Nike in the area because I'm a big vintage collector, you yes. know. And so I had actually stockpiled a shit ton of Nike. Yes. Like an immense You're a Nike head. Nike head. Okay. You know, and um I didn't I just started to do favors. Like Nike, like someone from Nike would hit me up and be like, Hey, do you have like a an original like red and white Air Max one that we could borrow for this like gallery? And I'd be like, Sure. That you know, is take them. They'd be like, What do we owe you? And I'm like, Nothing, it's on me, whatever, you know? And I would That's con- crazy. Nike's reaching out to you about They're stuff reaching you out have. to me constantly for vintage and stuff like that for events. That's so cool. Constantly. And um, I just always kept doing like a favor type thing. I, I heavily believed in karma. My friend Etai told me before we moved to California that you always had to give people things because you would then get gifted something. Like no, he always told us like no one sold things to each other for homies. You would do something for someone and then someone would end up doing something for you. And that's how Hollywood worked. You wow. know what I'm saying? And we were like, okay, cool. Because he was like, yo, when you guys come out here, he's like, you got to go hook up undefeated. He's like, you got to hook up the guys from Supreme. Like, you got to show love to everyone out here so then they give you love back. You guys are new guys on the block. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, exactly. So that's how I thought about it. I was like, all right, cool. I'm out here in Hollywood. I'm mean people from Nike. Uh, I owe them this. You know what I mean? And it's going to come back around somehow, some way. That's how it works. So yeah. I've been told. And, uh, and then just randomly out of nowhere, uh, Kristen, who worked for Nike LA, who's... I'm sure she's deep in Nike killing it right now, but um, she just hit me up and she was like, Hey, we have an opportunity for you. She's like, I had just wrote them an email one day telling her and just anyone who I could tag from Nike in the email about how much I loved air maxes. Okay. And I was like, if there's ever an opportunity, just know like I love air max. 
Maybe you see his email, maybe not. That's it. And uh, she called me and she's like, hey, we have an opportunity for you. Like, I, we know you love Air Maxes. Nike's doing like a design competition. Vote forward, it's Yeah, called. vote forward. She's like, they're going to pick, you know, 12 designers from around the world. And like, you're going to be one of the people who represent LA and America. And I was like, dope. Wow. Yeah. And you weren't even a designer. You just had no, one too. just a curator, you know, a, yeah. a thinker, a collector, a, a collector, a decisive human. You know what I mean? Just like, I just, you know. It's crazy. So, like, did you think? Did you? How long did it take you to even come up with that design or think about so, having corduroy? Think about having a vegan option. It was the first things that I had come up with were really just the fact that I wanted to do a hybrid shoe of my two favorite Air Maxes, which was the '97 and the Air Max One. Yes, and I wanted to take that opportunity because my also my favorite thing that Nike had done was the one time only pack which was where they put a 360 sole on like 90 uppers, on okay. Air Max 1 uppers, 97 uppers, et cetera, so on and so forth. They did a lot of hybrid shit. And I was like, here's my opportunity to do that, you know, with a 97 and a 1. And so that's what I knew going into it that I wanted to do. Then uh, part of the thing was Nike said that you had to, you know, involve your community. So I was like, cool, let me hit up these people I've met through round two, like friends of mine at the time, you know, like ASAP Nast, Ben Baller, my homie Julian, uh, Alex, like my friend Rich, who had worked for us in Virginia, uh, just like my homie Skate, a group of people who I thought represented different walks of sneaker life. Cool. Because I felt like that if I put together this group that I could share my ideas with them and they would help me figure out if this was going to appeal to a wider market. Yeah. Right. And so that's what we did. We sat and we met. And that shoe, that 97, represents every single person in that meeting that day. The infrared bubble is because of Ben Baller. That was his idea, 100%. Wow. The purple and the brown is because of ASAP Nast. He was wearing a purple hoodie with a brown North Face or vice versa. A brown hoodie with a purple North Face. But we looked at Nast and we're like, yo, purple and brown is fire together. And then so we had to do mocking up the shoe. And we're like, the purple and brown on that shit. And Ben's like, do the do the infrared air bubble. And I was like, nah, clear air bubble. And Ben's like, nah, infrared. You know, and so that shoe is like that because like everyone put their two not, cents that's into incredible, it. Man. That's why it appealed to so many people. Because it yeah. wasn't just me. Mm-hmm. What you see, you know, beyond that with my project ASICs with Adidas, it's me. And I'm proud of that. You know yeah. what I mean? Like those shoes are me. But it's very specific. It's very niche. You know what I'm saying? That Air Max just appealed to every type of person because really that's what went into it was every type of person. You know what I'm saying? I know. I think yeah. I saw Fat Joe posted or something. Oh, yeah. Fat Joe. Yo, it was crazy, man. I got to say, I've been waiting to share this moment, actually. Let's go. I have an inspiring line from Fat Joe. Please. Yo, so just like maybe a year ago, I was somewhere and I see Fat Joe get in the elevator and I'm like, yo, I'm like, Joe, like, what's good? It's me, Sean. People just know my sneaker, not really my face. You feel me? <laughs> yeah. And he's like, you know, no, nah, no, nah, whatever. Like security's like, bro, you got to go. And I was like, all right, it's all good. And then I DM him and I was like, yo, like that was me that like just hollered at you in the elevator. Like we're staying in the same hotel. Like what's good, you know? And he was like, bro, my bad. Like, fuck. <laughs> he's like, come up to my room. You know what I mean? And no I was like, way. all right, dope. Yeah. So I went up to Fat Joe's room and we were just like chilling in there uh talking sneakers no I was, way yeah i was with adidas you know yeah. at this time and we're talking adidas and we we're he was like gassing the air max and things like that and and i was like man i was like you fuck with like these adidas i did and he's like i didn't even know you did any adidas and i was like fuck i was like that kind of <laughs> sucks to hear you know what i'm saying but he was like bro no nah, it's all good he's like these shits are fire like i showed him yeah and uh and i was like yeah you know waiting for my next one to pop off kind of like the air max and um, 
And he was like, hey, man, he was like, you put your head down at work. He was like, do your thing. You want to know why? He's like, hey, he's like, after I put out lean back, he's like, you know what every motherfucker said to me after that? Joe, when's the next lean back? When's your next lean back? This ain't lean. Every time he would drop an album, he'd be like, motherfuckers would tell him like, this ain't no lean back though, Joe. Good point. You know what I mean? And he, and he kept saying like, there's not going to be another lean back, you know? And he like, I'll just wait until people decide that for me. And so he was like, just wait. He's like, keep doing your thing. He's like, do what makes you happy. He's like, you're going to have your next lean back. Wow. Man. And I was like, dope. And That's like, incredible, that man. meant a lot to me to hear from him. And it really motivated me to just keep going and just designing what I like. Cause he was like, eventually people are going to call it your next lean back essentially. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, and really not to skip too far forward no, that's but cool though i'm man. coming off the heels of a pretty successful sneaker drop yesterday yeah uh, with like my new orketro and to be honest with you orketro like, what's that name mean what's that come from? uh to be honest i don't really know okay but it was a shoe from the deep deep depths of the uh <laughs> adidas archive that we pulled out i believe it hasn't been touched in about 20 years ah. yeah but i'm so, wearing them right now they're super uh, comfy thank, thank you, that, you that's been like one of the number one reviews is the comfort which yeah. feels really good but um and the colorway the whole thing is just yeah. looks nice no people received them well which feels good man it's nice when people like shit with you were you ner- yeah. so the pressure obviously yeah. you did shoes before this uh-huh. had the adventures you gave me to as well you yep. said asics um is there like a do you feel pressure like that when you drop these new shoes yeah i always feel pressure the air max blew up so much that like i did feel like i had to live up to that with like everything i did you know post and like uh yeah it's, it's just a lot of pressure going into it so it's always made me like i mean i i hope people know that every time before i post on instagram i am like anxiety ridden you know what i'm, I'm saying sure. like i am going through it being like i hope you love this because like i do and it'll feel so much better if you do too yeah you know what i mean and so like i do feel that every time but then also being a designer and an artist, you do it for you too. Of course, man. you know what I mean. It's what makes you happy. It's shit that you would want to wear. That's too why you. Wear. That's why you start, you know, expressing yourself through art and design is because that's what it is. It's a true expression of yourself, and yeah. it's my vehicle, dude. It's how I show people that I skate. It's how I show people that I'm into art. How I show people that I'm into music. Everything. It's like it's my vehicle for showing you like who Sean is, you know. Yeah, and I, I, yeah. so back to the Max Seven, I love like you had the Volkswagen van going around, dope. Like giving out shoes. You go up to vegan spots. You had the more air shirts. We like, partnered with Senna Vegan. Senna Vegan, that's right. Yep. Yeah, just the whole like just bringing those out. Like it was just so cool how all that went down. Even and, with Adidas, know? we did Burger Lords. Yeah, Burger Lords. Yeah, yeah. Yep. But you had that. Um, what was that? You did like. Try, I wrote down the name of the vehicle. You did have the you did have the van, but you also had some other car the same colorway too. Was it Fiat? No, it wasn't a Fiat. Wait, what? Uh, color, oh, my co- Volkswagen. Yeah. Oh, dude. So, was, was that a collab with Volkswagen around the no, shoe? No, so check it out, dude. That's a OG car from 1996. But that's the original colorway too. That's the OG colorway. I so, did not know that, bro. So growing up, like not only were we skateboarders, but like my friends were car heads. Okay. Like. Do like rebuilding engines and shit, dude. Okay. Like building their own. Turb- Bro, are you doing that too? Hell no. <laughs> I don't know shit about that stuff. Same, These dudes were building turbos for their pocket bikes. Damn. My homie David literally nosed his pocket bike and turboed that bitch. Wow. Okay. Made it all his own hands. Damn. Like okay. he's crazy. 
these dudes knew what they were doing. But those cars, they were they were European car heads, really. Okay. My homie Travis was like Volkswagen guy. Okay. Therefore, I turned into like a Volkswagen guy. Yeah. We're just going through you know threads one day on VW Vortex, if anyone remembers that. Okay. And like we saw a Harlequin. That's what my Volkswagen. It's a Harlequin Harlequin Golf. Okay. And I saw it, and we're like, "What the fuck is that?" We're like young trippy kids, you know what I mean? We like Harlequin Golf. Yeah, we we love color. You know what I'm saying? And so we saw that, and we're like, "This is sick." They're only a couple thousand dollars, way more than we could ever afford. You know what I mean? But it became that car that, like, for me, like wacky dream car. You know, someday it, it definitely inspired my life of color, though, because I would always yeah. kind of go back to that and try to recreate that car through another vehicle of expression. Wow. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I have one now. I know. Yeah. Crazy. <laughs> did, you get to keep, did you get to keep that Volkswagen? The bus? No, nah, it's Nikes. It was that was that was such a cool rollout. Though. Yeah, it was, that was cool. really cool. That was cool. So the, so the 97. Well, your shoe, Sean, with this one blows up. It's like everywhere. Can Everybody's I say rushed. something about that bus? Yeah, do it. I've been bro. dying to tell people this. Let's go, man. Dude, it's been years. No one knows. <laughs> so you know how everyone expects I have like maybe a storage unit full of my Air Maxes? I heard about... Somebody S- told me that about you recently. Just That's- listen. So <laughs> check it. Okay. First off, not only did I barely make any money from that Air Max dropping because it was a contest. So there was it was just prize money. It That's- wasn't like a profit split. I did get paid That's as a true. designer. It was prize money. It was like little prize money you know what i mean that's reality okay. and nike though offered me 500 pairs of the air maxes okay for myself for free to keep they were like put them in a storage unit it's going to pay for your kids college one day wow and i was like dope i was like that's nice i was like but i want to give these to everyone for free i was like the one thing that i like promised people i would do is if i won that competition i would like show love to everyone who voted and Nike's like, well, we can't give shoes to everyone who voted because it was like millions of people. <laughs> and and I was like, well, we have to, I was like, well, then whatever we have to do. I was like, take my prize money and give me the equivalent in shoes to give away. I was like, take my 500 pairs and let's give those away. And so Nike's like, we can't take your prize money. <laughs> They're like, but we can use your 500 pairs as a giveaway. And so together with an agency, uh, Nike and myself, um, came up with the idea to wrap that Volkswagen bus, yep. use my personal 500 pairs to travel around California and give out to everyone for free. Wow. So man. that's why I never had any pairs. I've were never you had them too in certain places. Yeah, we were doing all kinds of stuff. I've never had a stockpile of pairs though. Wow. Like I was buying my own size. To this day, if I need a pair of those, like for an event or something, I have to buy them resell. Like I don't have no any. Way. I have none left. You need to save a pair for yourself. No. I have I saved one pair for every size for Nash for his life. So I saved that, one so I saved one full size run for Nash. That's incredible, man. That's all I have. That's and I and, I, and awesome. actually I sold off like or gave away <laughs> Like probably anything above an eleven, because I was like, "Well, I'm a ten, ten and a half. His foot's <laughs> not going to be bigger than mine," you know. Wow, I remember but seeing that was Max it, rocking dude. little ones too. They, yeah. I I gave all those away, and like it was, I never really like talked about That's it. That's beautiful. It, man. I always wanted people to actually know, because it's like, man, like hopefully y'all know. Like I've always championed the people. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's always been my thing. On like, I I would always take pride of being like in these Nike meetings, like screaming at them, trying to get them to show love to the community. Wow. It was like always my thing where I'm like, everyone's always like my friends who were in the meetings are like, I can't believe you like, are you know, like that. And I'm like, well, I'm like, if no one's going to come in here and tell them what the people want, like, how are we ever going to get what we want? Yeah. I was like, I'm speaking for the whole community of sneakerheads here. Of course, I'm going to be loud. Yeah. You know, but wow. Yeah. So that was cool. 
Yeah. That was cool. I was really grateful for Nike to come up with a dope plan on how to give them away too. It meant a lot. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, maybe the f- driving all around. That was so cool, Because it's like, I did have to give up my 500 pairs, but they invested in that bus. You know, they did so much. And so it made it worth it for me. And then, dude, do you know how good it felt? going to the bus stops and just pulling numbers out and watching that excited person Dude. run up and I was handing them a pair of friends and family. By the way, those were all friends and family pairs. Okay. Handing people friends and family pairs before the shoe even came out. Like, fuck, dude. It felt good. No, that's amazing. Man. <sighs> wow. Yeah. You hear it first on this podcast. That's like, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was cool. It was cool. So that was a moment, but that moment lasted and that, that, that put you in a different stratosphere, I guess, right? It did, people yeah. saw it in a different light. Yeah. Right, different, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I started working with guest jeans. Yeah, started applying what I learned with like sneaker design to clothing. Did people start hitting you up? Yeah, people were kind of hitting me up. You know what I mean? And I was trying to be very careful about like not like selling out because mm-hmm. I didn't even feel like I was still learning my skill set. You know, yeah. still still learning about myself and trying to figure out like what even is me selling out. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so yeah, I was working with Nike. I was working with guest jeans. Um, Were and you then, shocked at the reaction of the shoe? I was, yeah. It was, it was incredible. I've never seen something like that in my life. Like I never thought I would live through something like that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. If you look back, there's like a video um, of when they announced me as a winner. Nike never told me that I had won before they told me in person. Okay. And so Nike had just, like the last I saw actually, I was behind in votes. And then Nike was having a party in LA, whether I won or not, where Travis Scott performed on La Brea. Okay. They closed down the street and there's a video of like when they told me and like, dude, it gets me <laughs> almost really emotional sometimes because it was, I like, I was really depressed that day because like, I just thought I lost. Like it was a fact in my head that I lost, really? you know? And I, I just, in my head, I like fumbled the biggest opportunity I would have ever had in my life to, to become someone, you know what I mean? Yeah. And so then like, I'm like, fuck, I'm going to go to this event and try to be like happy. You know what I mean? And I was like, at the event, you'll see it. Like if you go back in this video, I'm like greasy and gross and my hair's fucking nasty. My beard's all fucked up. I'm like gross, dude. I look like a wreck. Wow. And I just remember like the DJ like cuts the music and the DJ is like, all right, everyone, like, it, you know, we have a special announcement tonight. You know, Nike vote forward just ended. And they were like, actually... The winner is here with us tonight. Um, yo, dude, it was crazy. (laughs) It was crazy. And like, I don't know, that feeling was like unlike anything else. But if you watch back at that video, like it was the craziest moment, like of my life that I've lived through. I never thought I would experience something like that. That's a crazy life changing moment. Yeah, But constantly been chasing that sense. You know what I mean? Uh Of just like how happy it made people, you know? Yeah. And I don't know. And I'm like, did you, you put pressure on yourself after that to like, I got to do, I got to outdo that one. I got to. Yeah. <laughs> it changed. It just changes your mindset. Yeah, no, it does. Because now you are a designer. You want to keep one upping yourself. You want to grow in the industry. I'm starting to like go from being a fan to a peer of mm. like people who I looked up to my whole life. Yeah. And I'm like, let me impress them. You know, like the Jerry Lorenzo's and I mean like, even like Paul Middleman, anyone, dude, I just started yeah. meeting people who I was looking up to and I'm like, wow, I have to really like, I have, I got to work hard and impress these people. You know what I'm saying? Like, this means a lot to me. You feel like you have a lot to prove. Yeah. Yeah. That. Yeah. And plus I want to show people me. I have not a lot to prove. I have a lot to back then. So I, mean, I have a lot of stories to tell. Yeah. No, even 
even back then, it wasn't like trying to prove it was like, I want to tell you stories now. Mm. It's like, man, you guys like that shoe? Let me tell you about what I know about art and let me represent that through a project. Let me tell you what I know about music and let me represent that through a project. You know, yeah. like, and, and that just became my obsession is like telling the story of me, which still I just am having so much trouble getting it all out, you know? Yeah. So, um, that shoe pretty much sells out pretty fast too, right? Seconds, yeah. Seconds. Seconds. Milliseconds. Only online or was it in stores? It was like everywhere, I think. It was yeah. like in stores, online. I don't quite remember, but yeah. <sighs> and, you, and you're still at the store. You're still going to go flea markets in the morning. Yeah. Working at round two every day. Same thing. Dawn till dusk type thing. Yeah. I mean, it was the hustle. Dude, I lived for it, you know? Yeah. And so when that happens and you win... Do they hire you as an employee at Nike or you, that doesn't happen like that? No, actually it didn't happen like that. I, I actually didn't really have much communication with Nike for like the next year. Okay. It, it almost felt like they had kind of moved on. Yeah, because you, you won the contest. Yeah. You, it it was a contest. I was never hired. And yeah, And yeah, so it was it. like, although I felt like almost offended that I wasn't called the next week, like, what are we doing next? Yeah. It's like, dude, you won a contest. You know what I mean? It's on to the next thing now, yeah. which in perspective, I should, I wish I understood that more, you know, but I did then talk to Nike again, and that's when we did samples. And oh, I seen those samples all blue ones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which I honestly never designed. I never wanted it to be that color. Okay. That was just a sample that Nike kind of like fed through. My design was more of like a gradient of the blues. Okay. Yeah, but um, <laughs> we just couldn't agree on a final product. So yeah. That, and that's when the split happened, and uh, life goes on. Yeah, yeah. Moved on to Asics, which was dope. Shout out to my homie Koji from Japan uh, at Atmos. Okay. Um, they're the ones who made that possible for me and really, you know, opened me up to the Japanese market as well. Like they were huge for me, like uh Homeo and, and Koji from Atmos, you know, okay. they've hooked me up with like a lot of cool deals with Medicom. Again, they were the vehicle through ASICs. We've done work together with Adidas and it's kind of cool. Like whenever Koji has an opportunity, he'll hit me up. Whenever I have one, I'll hit him up, you know? Yeah. Kind of cool, like little mutual thing. That's awesome. And yeah. also... Before we get more more moving forward, but I know you do collect antiques. We were talking about the other day. Oh, sick! And did that start as a at a at, at like That's back home or just more out here? Started in Richmond, yeah. Because what kind of again, like I started going to thrift stores, like I told you, but then also at thrift stores in Richmond. I mean, immense history there that goes back far, and so there is old stuff. But I started going to estate sales. Oh wow! Yeah, and okay. again, I'm an eBayer, so like just by nature, <laughs> you find some shit, you look it up, and you're like, "What's this worth?" Oh, cool! I can get that for this silver spoon. I'm going to estate sales now and raiding all the drawers. Wow! You know what I mean? And so, also, I don't think anyone knows about this shit. I don't even know if they do them. <laughs> Salvation Army did auctions in a barn behind their location in Midlothian in in Richmond, and I would go at six in the morning. And it was me and a bunch of old, like, farmer dudes, really. Wow. And they would auction bins of toys. They would auction trunks, signs. I would go there and win a vintage truck trunk for 20 bucks. They would do these big bins of toys. I'd win a whole toy bin with hundreds of toys in it for 30 bucks. Wow. Um, they had brick and brack tables where I'd find little, like, Louis Vuitton wallets, coin pouches, and, like, uh, got my first, like, porcelain sign there. You know, that's crazy, man. Yeah, just no, crazy estates. Yeah, it just got me into vintage or antiques, and I started looking into that stuff. And actually, my true obsession, um, like I'm not a sneakerhead anymore. You know, like I I gave up collecting sneakers okay, like years ago. Not a sneakerhead anymore. Okay, uh, I'm a collector for sure. I'm a hoarder collector. I'm completely obsessed and neck deep in shit. You have a big collection of sneakers not, anymore? Not sneakers. Really? Got rid of it all. Wow. But um, 
dude, signs is like my addiction. Okay. I am like an advertising absolute addict. Everything from turn of the century to mid-century, even nowadays up until like 70s and 80s, I'm really interested. But I love advertising, dude. Okay. I have so many signs. So, so many signs and just different advertising things. I love it. So love the, it. there could be a warehouse that Sean has all signs and not sneakers now. There is one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so, yeah, I mean, like I have a lot of antiques. And so you have some in your house too? Like what do you put we them? We got antiques at the house, in okay. the garage, in the storage unit, at my office, in the studio, in the archive. Wow. Yeah. Between like cars and antiques, if you give me space, I'm I'm stuffing some in there. You know? Cars too. Dude, love cars, man. Love cars. How many cars do you have? It's definitely not the most sustainable thing I'm into. Yeah. You know? I, I like to think I break even through my... uh my clothing and sneaker design <laughs> and um my <laughs> vegan lifestyle outside of that yeah, exactly but, no dude i have a thing for cars like we were saying with the harlequin so old yeah. bmws uh you know old g-wagons things so you have like storage that. with that stuff too somewhere i mean not a storage but there's they're scattered <laughs> like i said give cars me a, and signs give me a nine by five space i'll put a car in it you know what i mean yeah so what about like furniture too you have all kinds i'm of into it dude i'm i just everything. i love it all dude i'm just so, so nothing really modern i mean you i'm into modern stuff too but i'm not not as much really if i'm into something modern it's most likely retro okay Do you know what i mean uh and so like or inspired by something like from the past but yeah dude i'm so into it all i just love it you know because I'm a senses guy. It's mm -hmm. not even that I'm a furniture guy. It's not that I'm like a display guy. It's a, I'm just a dude who's like, oh, I can I can use this to express my senses of touch and feel and mm. taste or whatever. Like I just love that. I love I love the opportunity. Yeah, you know, to feel quality, to touch something of handmade to, that's been around for hundreds of years that withstood the test of time that was on the side of a horse and buggy mm. ice cream carriage. Like, I don't know, The dude. history of it and all that, where yeah. it came from and stuff. You can feel it, you know? You can live through that, through the garment. So that's a, that became the the, the newest obs I mean, obsession most of your life, but now you're really focusing on that. Yeah, yeah. And I'm really, it's cool, because I'm able to use these pieces to inspire, like, my design now. I mean, I work with Porsche. I work with Adidas in, like, a large wow. capacity. Um, brand, I work with Beyond Mead. I mean, like... There's all these brands I work with now, but it's cool because I'm able to take these things I love and now apply it to like these super contrasting, you know, businesses or like interests and yeah. stuff. So, and then uh, you said Beyond, that's cool. You see, you do stuff with them. Yeah, yeah, I work with Beyond. I'm actually like really working hard to bring their ear to the street more, mm. and so partner Beyond. So like, I take a lot of inspiration from the sneaker market actually with how. I, I truly believe that the Nikes and Adidas are around today because of the mom and pops who supported them in the 80s and 90s, even before that. Yeah. Um, because that was, look, when you walked into a Foot Locker, uh, maybe Foot Locker is not the best example. When you walk into a mall sneaker store, yeah, it's not much. It's shared brand space. When you walk into a mom and pop, that front window's got a Nike Shocks display, yeah. a cutout of Jordan, the measure up poster inside, this and that. Yeah. And it, it was so much more. And that's when we fell in love with brands, right? Yeah. It was when you sure. walk, you didn't fall in love with the brand at the mall. You no. fell in love with the brand at a mom and pop. Yeah. Maybe I'm just speaking to people who grew up in cities. Or a I small don't know. skate shop or something. Yeah, yeah, or a small skate shop. Exactly. And so yeah. that's my goal with Beyond is to say, like, hey, you know, let's let's empower these locations that aren't franchises that aren't that don't have 36,000 locations that aren't placing the biggest orders let's empower them you yeah. know like because by empowering them it's also going to bring this this really dope community value and sense of like 
just natural organic growth to the brand so that's my goal with beyond is yeah i enjoy i really yeah. enjoy the beyond stuff it's good it's a good product yeah. i went gluten-free like eight months ago and I, I think those they are gluten-free i think beyond. yeah and yeah. i pr- i appreciate that they don't use gmo soy yeah um it makes it easy to support them like on a health level and then like also when i travel you can find beyond in other countries because simply enough other countries don't allow GMO soy mm. and beyond's not GMO soy. So it's nice to Didn't go. know that. That's yeah. Cool. That's why you might only find uh, impossible in the United States. Wow. Yeah. And so let's get to the veganism. How, how long has that been part of your life and how did that happen for you? Dude, I've been vegan for almost like 10 years now. Shout out to my fiance, Ashley. Like she got me 100% into it. Ashley went vegetarian, then quickly awesome. went vegan about 10 years ago. She was super go hard with it constantly, like in my ear telling me benefits and how she was feeling and making me watch documentaries. We went to Washington, D.C. We saw Forks Over Knives. Woo! Or sorry, Cowspiracy. Great too. We saw a premiere of Cowspiracy. Changed my fucking life. I was vegetarian going into Cowspiracy because okay. I was doing it for Ashley. I was like, I can do this with you. Like it felt really rude cooking a flame and yawn in a house where she was like yeah vegan yeah, yeah you know what i'm yeah. saying and i was like fuck and again this was 10 years ago so yeah. different totally different landscape for veganism totally and uh we went to cowspiracy and i literally am eating a pizza a non-vegan like cheese pizza in the movie <laughs> watching this movie about how disgusting this fucking cheese is <laughs> that's on the pizza and so true dude i get 15 minutes into it and i'm just like I remember looking at Ashley and I was like, I'm never going to eat cheese again. Wow. Yeah. And then and just was like, it. dude, because Cowspiracy was straight facts. I love that dude. Yeah. I love how he, you know. Is he, that Keegan? He did it. Uh, maybe. I, I forget. But yeah, he did yeah. it himself. He was like a surfer, dude. And I just know. like yeah, super yeah. cool broed out guy. And he just spitted facts. And just, I was I like, know. I can't argue with this. I was like, that's it. I was like, you mean like. What I'm seeing is true. Yes. Okay, then. Done deal for me. And that was it you for know, you. That was it for me. And also, it was easy for the relationship. You know what I mean? For Ashley, like, you know, yeah. like, I, I remember her expressing it might be tough to be with someone who wasn't vegan. So also, in the back of my mind, I'm like, this, you know, I should probably do this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Wow. That's awesome, man. Dude, it gave me a cool outlook, though, because now it sets me apart. Mm-hmm. Like, dude, my everything I do is 100% vegan. All of my sneakers, all of my Love clothing. It, I strive to use organic materials. I strive to use recycled materials. I strive to reuse vintage. It's huge for me. Yeah, and you know the connection me. between what we eat and all that and how it affects the earth and the environment dude, and everything. Yeah, it's it's huge. And I mean, after yeah. you have kids, it changes a little too because you feel like a sense of responsibility to like... Yes. It does feel like, like, how much can I really keep the earth safe for my son? Like, how naive. But... It's really about using that platform to inspire other people. 100%. So it's like, hey, like, yeah, I'm I'm motivated to create a better world for my son as he grows up. Yes. And if other people can see that and feel like obligated to do the same thing, we're going to make a real difference. Yeah. You know? I love that. So your kids yeah. are vegan too? Kids are vegan, born and raised vegan, <laughs> same dogs vegan. Max, yeah. That's the way to do it, dude. I love it. <sighs> Yeah, it's been great for them, dude. It's been Damn, great for them. Shout out to your wife. That's amazing. Yo, shout man. out to Ash. She, I mean, shout she's, dude, she's their teacher. She's their mom. She's their best friend. You know what I mean? So, yeah, that's yeah, so Ash, cool. Ash kills it. Um, it's cool, like, with kids growing up vegan, too, because they have this, like, also this, like, personality of, like, checking if things are vegan. Did Max ever check? Like, oh, yeah, yeah. It kind of, like, I'm always like, oh, shit. Like, I don't <laughs> want him to come off like, dude, like, someone will offer Nash something. He's like, is it vegan? And yeah. they're like, oh, no, it's not. Sorry. And I'm like, mm-hmm. no, it's okay. Don't worry about it. Like, it's not a big deal. But they, like, feel bad. Yeah. But they are, And I'm like, oh, I don't feel bad. I'm like, he's just 
He's vegan. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Max just started messing with the fake meats because he's never had meat, and it always tripped him out. Wow. So he's just started wow. to like, starting to take bites of stuff at 19 years old, dude. Because like, he never had it before, and he just wow, the smell. Yep. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, it's, it's just feel like the world's changing. I feel like especially coming out of the last couple of years, that people are more conscious about what they're eating, hopefully, yep. and what how it affects the environment, and like. It's not just about driving a Prius and taking uh, a short shower. It's like, you know, the stuff we're putting in our mouths affects everything, the animals and just the pollution that's not from cows and just... When you started eating vegan, did you start caring about that more? Like pollution and nature and just like the things outside of food? Yeah, I mean, as I got older, because yeah. I, I stopped eating animals in 1988. Fuck. You know, wow. my wife was vegan in 85. I got so into it sick. through like living in New York, Gorilla Biscuits and being part of the straight edge movement in New York. And then I did it back then for the animals. And then also you realize, wow, I'm 52 and I feel like I'm 22. And then that you yeah. realize throughout your life, like you have this energy and the way you look at life. And then you see how, it, as you get older, how the earth is, you know, what we've done to the earth mm-hmm. and how it affects everything. Yeah, it was me for the, was the PETA videos in the 80s and watching Dope. all that. You know, I've, I've taken my son to like the pig vigils we, out to the slaughterhouse. Yep. Like I've done all that with him and just... Never preached it to him, just led by example. Like, whatever he wants to do when he goes out into the world. Gave the option. Yeah, he knows where, like, kids are always raised on, like, the farm in the dell, and the the pig goes, uh, the pig goes oink, and the cow goes moo, but we never, then we take him to McDonald's. So it's like, that's how I was raised around. But now, we're way more conscious about how we're raising our children. I mean, I don't know. It's beautiful. No, it means a lot, dude. It does. And, like, even for Nash, it's cool. I can see, like, him starting to care about other things just because now he knows he has to care about what he's consuming, right? So there's a certain standard then that you hold. And you're like, okay, maybe I should worry about other things too because if what I eat affects me, and I can see it's starting to click with him just yesterday, yesterday, 24 hours ago, I came home with a plastic water bottle Mm. and Essentia, right? thirsty as shit dude i stopped at the canyon store what are, you, like, Yo. what are you gonna do he straight attacked me dude i get in there with the plastic bottle he comes up to me puts on like a stern face and he says you know we shouldn't be buying any more plastic and wow. i was like you know you're exactly right i was like it's embarrassing that i even came home with this and he's like yeah it makes me really sad wow man and i was like fuck Crushed. dude i was like oh my god i'm like <laughs> not even worthy i'm such a terrible person holy shit dude like let me get this plastic bottle out of here like, i love the honesty of kids oh dude like super honest Straight from the heart it was amazing though i was like wow cool like let's keep that energy wow man you know? only six six dude it's crazy so just by you being a vegan and doing what you're doing in this in this industry yeah it's helped a lot and changed a lot i really feel like and i see that there is more options in the sneaker world too as well I don't want to say I'm like responsible for anything, but I'll tell you right now, when I did that Air Max, there was not any other brand besides Moo Shoes advertising vegan sneakers. Mm. Nobody was doing it. Not one brand was putting the word vegan in an advertising campaign talking about a sneaker. It did not exist. Maybe right. like in some kind of sub, you know, Reddit or some, <clears throat> some third, maybe, but a brand never spoke about it. If you look back, Nike never referred to my shoes vegan or plant-based. They wow. told me not to. Nike told me originally not to refer to my shoes vegan because they were afraid PETA was going to attack them for not having a fully vegan company. Uh. And so that's how fresh it was actually in okay. 2016, the whole vegan sneaker design thing. Like I was like, this has to be plant-based for me ethically. It has to align with what yeah, I believe in. Totally. And for Nike, 
and I understand the complications they had. I'm not hating on it at yeah, all. I, I get it. It's I like it. without ever defining a shoe as vegan before, dude, you have no idea what that's going to do for you in the marketplace. But they were like, you can say it on your Instagram. They're like, you can say it's plant-based. They're like, we'd appreciate it if you didn't say vegan. They were like, we are just worried on how people might react. And yeah. so, dude, like I really broke a huge barrier was showing Nike that that was okay. If you look at the next year, they started calling products plant-based and vegan. I showed them that that was wow. all right, that that the market would react in a positive way. And we also proved that there is, and not that this is even like a good thing, because I'm sure it did roll into a lot of different greenwashing and stuff from brands, yeah. but that there was profitability in the plant-based and vegan verbiage. And to me, True. that was important and also detrimental. It was important for me to show companies that you can make $20 million in 0.3 seconds off of a vegan sneaker. Wow. Yes. That was important. And brands saw that. Wow. And whether they used it for the good or the bad, now we're in a market where you can find a shit ton of vegan product. The space hippies came out after that. It has absolutely taken over, dude. Oh, yeah. Vegan product has absolutely taken over. And not just Nike. Every brand across the board is dying to define something as plant-based or sustainable or vegan and again whether they're using that terminology in the in the correct or the wrong way dude we broke a serious barrier because without us if if that that, if that shoe would have plummeted brands going forward wouldn't have saw any reason and again i hate to always go back to money but that's what it comes back to if you want to get an idea and something to change like there has to be some kind of margin involved for the person who's investing in your great idea to change humanity yeah you know what i'm saying and for us to show that there was margin there it changed the fucking game dude well thank you because i love the space hippies too and they came out after that phenomenal all the recycled trash and then also I would have to call like making Nike idea a 1-800 number and they and they couldn't give me a, a solid answer if it was synthetic suede or not or real or not. But now I've noticed you can see on the Nike page like what the stuff's exactly made out of. Because that transparency was, meant everything. Yeah. You know, because instead of it being something that you could hide, you could be proud of that. So you could be proud of the materials. And that's actually something that I love highlighting through my projects with Adidas, with, yeah. a, with you know, Asics, Nike. I always use cork. It's a huge one for me, you know, and that's something where it's like, why not talk about it? Mm-hmm. Why not talk about where we're sourcing the cork from? Yeah. Must be proud of that. Yeah. You know what I mean? The rubber that our soul that our midsoles are made out of and our and our outsoles, why not be proud of where we're sourcing that from? It's seventy percent recycled. Yeah. Of course I'm proud of that. You know what I mean? And yeah. so we started to see that we're like, hey, if we're making these shoes ethically and we're doing everything right, of course we want to have that transparency. Course, and so that's yeah. that's the that's the theme of all my projects is transparency, transparency, transparency. Like we want you to see it all because we're truly proud of what we're putting out. That's like, amazing, I'm doing shoes man. with Adidas right now that are fully uh, mushroom leather. I'm wow. doing shoes that are fully hemp with recycled rubber soles. Wow. You know what I mean? Like we're proud of that. And that I, is so cool. Yeah, dude, it's sick. I bought my first pair of New Balances I look like Larry David wearing them because they're all gray. But love that. I bought them because they were the only vegan ones. They have a V yep. on the back. You I was see like, that? How dope is that, I know. dude? And I have. I only wore them once, but I'm like, I, I had love to, it. I had to support it because it was so that. sick. You got to support it. But all the recycled stuff, and then yeah. like, maybe you could maybe because this back in the day they would they always say that Nike 
or all the brands. Maybe they use like horse glue or something. That's why yeah, they the, the, adhe- the adhesives were a big thing that I touched on with Nike because that's what I had always heard. Okay, is that that's what made a lot of shoes not vegan? Unfortunately, was the animal adhesives that they were using to put them together. Got and you. so that was something that I stuck on with Nikes that I did not want to use animal adhesives. I can't say that they weren't using them before me, but I yeah. can say that I showed them a use case for that that proved scalability. Okay. You know? Yeah. So that was not like a, a like a myth. Supposedly that happened like in the eighties and yeah, for shoes. sure. I mean, horses are what glue is made out of, right? Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, like you have to be really careful about adhesives and stuff like that. And the fact that there's so many options to eat vegan. Yeah. Why can't there be options to make products that are vegan? That's so cool that's happening now with every it kind is. of company. Even I heard Gucci had like a vegan line or like a bunch of canvas stuff. Like I don't, it's so many things. No, it's great. I, I love it. Actually, I find it easy to support a lot of brands now because they do offer like vegan options. It's kind of cool. Yeah. I took a break from designer brands for a while and I still like, I don't really shop. I'm not like balling out like shopping <laughs> by any means i'm wearing like a columbia fleece you know no i love it but uh <laughs> you know sometimes i buy some nice treat yourself <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sometimes I treat myself so it's kind of cool to be able to go to like prada and find like uh, a re nylon product where they're using reused nylon wow yeah so you know about probably about all kinds of things that you can use vegan options for with sneakers and making Bro, stuff now it's insane how you many options learn so have. much too just becoming vegan and yep. trying to make yeah i mean so and you know is it hard to make something all vegan steak or is you think it's just easy and nobody really tried? I might be jaded because like I'm just saying like what I want and they're doing it, so it seems easy. Yeah. Uh but I'm sure Adidas is going through hell, you know, making my mm. ideas come to life, which shout out to them for doing the R and D that's necessary to, you know, keep this game changing. Yeah. But uh Adidas has never flinched at any of my ideas on recycled product, vegan, sustainability. They're always gung ho, so I'm like so grateful for that and then as like a massive corporate company regardless if it's about money or not they also want the earth to be here so they can live longer here as well and so like just being a little bit conscious means everything helps even you know even it's a corporation they're still helping you know the carbon footprint whatever you want to say and and moving forward as as a as a planet do you know what i'm saying like all of it helps yep you know what i mean the vegan sneaker or uh, i don't know meatless mondays (laughs) you know what i mean like the big picture it's everything yeah. I really appreciate you doing your part with that. And I'm wearing the new uh, Adidas right now. This is my first pair of Adidas. I might have had shell toe Adidas in the early 90s. Love it. But like I see the corduroy on yep. here. I see the different colorways. I see there's so many vibes Some to the canvas shoe. in there. Yeah. And we were talking the other day at your store about your logo and how it's a peace symbol and how that yeah. peace symbol in other places doesn't represent peace. Yeah, yeah. And that was so interesting, man. I never even thought about that. Yeah. But it's such a cool logo too. Yeah, no, nah, thanks. I <laughs> for me the peace logo was like easy and actually we developed that when I was working with guests. Because okay. we were like, what's it gonna be? It can't just be SW. We're like, let's do a peace sign. Like that's so my vibe. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so we developed that a guest, it kind of stuck and I'm probably dropping the peace sign. You know, I, I think like the Orchestra was a big one for me where you don't see the peace sign. Wait, did I do it on the tongue? Yeah, we do, the we, tongue. Do, we yeah. do do it on the tongue. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> you'll start seeing. I just, love it though. You know, for me, it's just like, hey, it's a SW project. You know what I mean? Like, I don't need to, I don't need to push anything else. It's like, you know, you know, you know what I'm putting out. It is a cool logo though. Thanks. I appreciate that. But I didn't realize either that the back of uh, the 97 said VA to LA till today. VA to LA. I didn't yeah. even know that. There's all kinds of hidden shit. On the back of my ASICs, you can actually peel the canvas up where it says ASICs 
and it has my logo and then Atmos's logo under that. Oh, wow. On my first superstar with Adidas, you can peel up the back tab and it has my logos below that as well, which I've never seen anyone take a picture of. Where was the peeling? This seems like something new. I see people getting these dunks that they're peeling off the swoosh. Yeah, yeah. Did this come? This is all a recent thing, the peel offs? Um, I did a, I did like a tearaway Air Max one when I was with Nike that I think like really re-energized the idea of doing like tearaway, like interactive sneakers. Okay. My inspiration came from, uh, Jeff McFetridge. Did those Air Max ones come out? No. Dude, these are the ones I kept seeing you wear. You kept yeah. the elephant colorway. Oh my God. I just realized that. Cause I'd have that in my nose. It was like my most viral sneaker in the world. Bro, those were so sick. I just realized that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We used Liberty Fabric Floral. <laughs> the corduroy would tear away. It was sick. So you have the, like, there's only a couple made probably in the whole couple, world. Couple. I have one pair. Yachty has the other pair. That's it. Two pairs. Wow. Yeah. Holy shit. He has the other pair. Yachty's my guy. He's supported me more than, like, anyone else in the world. Big sneakerhead. Yeah, and so, like, I just, I, it felt right to give him those and know that he has them, you know? That is cool, man. Yeah. Are there anybody that came, became a fan of your shoes from the hip hop? I'm sure that you grew up listening to or loving. I know the De La Soul guys are repping bro. it, and like shout out Plug One. Yeah, for man. Sure. Shout out Plug like, One. It I must mean, be surreal though, too, bro. Like I, uh, I get a DM one day from fucking Jadakiss, you know, and he was like, <laughs> "Yo," he was like, "I'm about to land with Styles P." And uh, we want we we want your Cortez. I was like dipping these Cortez in red paint for Nike. And um, they were like, can we stop by and get pairs? And Jada and Styles P came to the pop-up that I was doing before we even opened. I was just chilling with them. Styles P's vegan as shit, you know? Yeah, they got and, the, the and juice spot. He has yeah. the juice spot. And so it was cool getting down with him and like just talking to Jada. And like I got these dope pictures with them. But I mean like huge fan. I mean, I was listening to Jada Kiss and Styles P on my way here. Like, I mean, it was crazy. That's uh, surreal, Like man. Raekwon, like having dialogue with him has been crazy. Um, you text Raekwon you did before yo yeah like we DM all the time you know it's kind of crazy like shout out to his boy Polo Bear who uh, connected us and then that's cool man I mean dude Fab Fab is like a good homie and like I mean I grew up watching his music videos on on the MTV music video blocks you know what I'm saying like wow man you know the song Breathe by Fab I mean I mean, dude, this was some of the hottest shit in the game. Great. And so, yeah, I mean, even Fab, like we had, like, I'm about to hire a new lawyer and it's the same lawyer Fab's using. So I was like, he dropped Fab's name and I was like, maybe thinking I don't know him. And I'm like, I'm gonna call him and I'm gonna see like, you know, if he can give me the good recommendation for this lawyer, you you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm like, yo, Fab, like, how is it working with so-and-so, you know? Wow. It's cool. And like I said, me and Fat Joe and shit like that. And just like, it's apps i feel like i'm living in a dream world dude it's really it's weird. gotta be it's dude. really weird dude it's, it's cool and like these dudes you form relationships with these these guys i'm you know? a big music fan too yeah i was like, gonna ask you that big music fan hip-hop fan all Hip, kinds of music everything dude everything everything from quasimodo uh, quasimodo bro quasimodo, day, quasimodo yeah. mf doom nas diggable planets dilated um, the obvious ones, the Daylaws, the Tribes, you get it. Um, yeah. Jim, Jim Jones, I fuck with. I mean, like, dude, Malcolm McLaren. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I'll do the I'll do the Weezer thing, Marcy Playground. I mean, Beck, whatever, dude. Like, I fuck with it. My dad's an OG alt rock head. Okay. So like, tons of alternative rock has just burned into my brain Back from then. my dad listening to it nonstop. So I automatically love it. But like, I'm a true hip hop head. Yeah, my life it revolves around hip hop and just listening to what artists are saying, like in songs and yeah, 
trying to vibe with that and Jay Dilla. Jay Dilla. I mean, come on. I can tell you into like a lot DJ of DJ Premier. Ooh, I mean, gangster, fucking man. Alchemist, the alchemist. absolute best to ever do it. I mean, good yeah. God. Outcast, Andre Three Stacks. I mean, yeah. Talib, well, most yeah. death. Um, Dead Prez. Dude, Dead Prez is good. Uh, God damn. Uh, <laughs> Dude, wow, I love going into... A lot of East Coast shit, bro, too. I right? love going into the music. Uh, AZ. AZ, bro. Underrated. AZ, the format, the come up. I mean, like, so many great songs would by hard AZ. Would it be to have a top five? It would be impossible for me to have a top five. I mean, I like Shine. You know, Shine. You know, he's like the... Know you know, Shine's like the president of some island. I heard, like I heard a country. About that. I'm going to hear that. He's like a... The, Since he got out. Yeah, dude. Shine's like fucking killing it. I hit him up and I was like... I hit him in DM. Just seeing if I could help bring veganism to his country. No way, yeah. dude. I was like, bro, Shine, like I'm super inspired. Been a fan of you growing up. Like I, I designed vegan sneakers. I always slide people's DMs just on a random. Who I knows? love that, man. And I hit Shine. I was like, yo, I'd love to come out there and like do something with your community and help bring veganism out to... I, I can't... I hit feel you like back? A, I feel like an absolute dumbass not knowing what he's, you know, out representing. But like, nah, he didn't hit me back. But whatever. <laughs> it's out there, you know? Uh, <laughs> I love that you yeah. do that, dude. Yeah, I just do it because who knows, you know? Yeah, but sometimes people hit you back. Yeah, I even slid in McDonald's DM. When Travis Scott did their thing, I hit them and I was like, let me be your next Travis Scott. We'll do an entire vegan meal. Wow. McDonald's DM'd me back. No and, way. And was like, sent, was like, was like interesting. Send an email to, this email to whatever. And I sent the email. Okay. Dude emailed me back and was like, oh, this is really interesting. Like, we'll keep this in mind. Da, da, da. But I thought it was cool that McDonald's even hit me back. Like, wow. <laughs> you know? A whole fucking vegan line. That's crazy. <laughs> sick, right? Yeah, but why not? You, you, why not? It doesn't yeah, hurt to yeah, ask. Yeah. I was like, why not just ask? You know, I got the blue check. You know? <laughs> is, there, is, there, is there any M- MC that you met that like kind of tripped you out? Oh, man. Was Nas um, rocking the shoes? I think. I don't know if I, I saw now. I saw man, a lot of people. I would have hoped Buster? Nas was. Was Buster? Buster Rhymes. I don't know. He may have rocked him. I don't think so. Really, who that. went crazy? Uh, I, I got to say, I think DJ Khaled and Fab. Went, DJ Khaled, wow. DJ Khaled and Fab went crazier than anyone. Okay. If you look back in some photos, Khaled's got his whole family in them. Toe to head matching those sneakers. Damn. Yeah. Fab, there's a photo of him and his whole family in the airport. Head to toe. SW. Crazy, it was man. tight, dude. <laughs> it was so sick. So here's a question. Yeah. Are your friends from back there, were they tripping on everything? Yeah, my friends from back home are constantly tripping on shit because I would always hit them and I'd be like, yo, you never guess who I'm chilling with right now. Like, <laughs> this is crazy. Yeah, or like when I'd be back home, like it would just be crazy. Like I was even back When you home. go back home after the success of the shoot, yeah. Yeah, and even not with friends, even like with just with family. Like I was with Ashley's family and uh, Ariana Grande called me. Because she wanted to go to the store. And she's like calling me. And I'm like on FaceTime with Ariana Grande about wow. like setting up her going to the store. And, you know, our cousin or Ashley's cousins and family's like tripping like, you know her? And I'm like, I kind of do know her. Yeah. Through clothes and shoes. Yeah. Like, it's kind of crazy. That's yeah. so crazy. It was always a cool kind of like little like back home flex. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, look who I'm, you know. Look what I'm talking to out here. Like, we grew up listening to this guy. Yeah, was there anybody ever tripped, like, got starstruck about? Okay, that's what I was just going to say next. <laughs> All right, that's the one thing I can say is I've never been starstruck. Yeah, I can see that uh, from you. From, like, musicians, anything like that. Skaters. Okay. I come up with, like, a loss of words with pro skaters. Costin, I would say me and Costin have a good friendship. Okay. You know, but when I He's met... He's a good dude. Good dude. When I met him, 
didn't know what to say. Never been at a loss of words. And he's pretty quiet too. He's pretty chill. Yeah, such a nice guy. Yeah. He is dope as fuck, man. But I gotta say, Costin, like meeting him, I was like okay. freaking out. Um, Steve Barra, you know, like meeting him, meeting the meeting those guys. My wife like, works at the barracks. Yeah, dude. Like barracks yeah. is dude. I mean, like that was watching the barracks and going there and skating, but that's who really trips me out is the skaters. Okay. Sal Barbier, dude, me and Legend. Sal. God, dude, he started coming through round two. We built a beautiful friendship. He's one of my favorite fucking people. Nice, and again, man. like those are the dudes who like He's whenever whenever like I know I'm gonna meet up with them, I'm always like pre-planning what I'm gonna say because I'm so worried. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm like, all right, let me be as cool as I can. Yeah. It's Sal. He's pretty chill though, too. So chill. What the fuck? Is He's he so come back east too? I think so. You yeah. know what's crazy? I just ran into Sal recently and he was like, Hey man, he was like why are you ever going to wave back to me coming down the hill? And I was like, what are you talking about? He's like, he's like, you drive by me every morning when I'm on my jog. He's like, I look a little different because I think he wears different jogging gear. Wow. And I'm like, what the fuck, Sal? I'm like, I didn't even know that was you. He's like, bro, I live in your neighborhood. Oh, shit. Yeah, and I was like, damn, that's crazy, dude. Like, so just a cool, cool dude, low key, you know? Just It's cool when you meet yeah. people that like you looked up to and they're awesome and they're everything awesome. you want Awesome, yeah, yeah. Meeting people that you we're stoked about that. You mean like, oh, shit. I met a couple in my life, but most of the people I met, especially in the Cali, like meeting Hasoy and Cab and oh, Chris Cole and these dudes. God. They're my boys and they're, but growing up loving them and then meeting them, like they're awesome, just humble, yeah. awesome guys. I have to say across the board, skaters are pretty great, man. I, I've never yeah. really met a skater that I was like super turned off from because yeah. usually you already know going into it. You're like, oh, this dude's Corey Duffel. He's pissed drunk. Mm-hmm. You know, you're like, <laughs> I know what I'm getting into. He might throw a glass bottle at the, at the, at at the competition at the uh what's it called <laughs> demo at the demo. you know so it's like you weren't really offended you're like i know what i'm getting to with him like there's yeah. nice guys there's crazy guys it's cool you know yeah. Al- ali buyala you know what i mean like what, what, for sure what, you're gonna see his ass and his balls you know <laughs> i mean it's like a guaranteed you know you can't be offended by it um do you spend a lot of time on social media probably unfortunately yeah do you I'm answer a, yeah. dms and shit do yeah you yeah like- i go through dms as much as i can you probably get a lot and you try I to do. respond to everybody i try to i find some of the most talented people in the world through my dm a dude Rakeem. People pitching themselves. Bro, right? I'm working with a dude Rakeem right now who has got to be, to this day, one of the most talented people I have ever met on planet Earth. Okay. Dude is so versatile. We just launched, he hooked us up with Urban Outfitters, and we just launched round two in 500 Urban Outfitters with Rakeem. Wow. With his bro. collab. This dude produces music, acts, does shows, writes the shows. I mean, like, All through he's DM. an artist. He, does, he just DM'd me one day, and I looked at his account, and I was like, wow, I fuck with this dude. And then I was like, hey, you should come by the office. And we just vibed and helped. I helped him build his business. That's and really cool, man. He's killing it. And what about like if people comment something negative? Do you respond to it? Do you give a shit? I used to respond big time. Yeah. I don't anymore. I respond like in my notes now. Okay. Yeah. What do you mean in your notes? You, like you write it in your phone like. Yeah, I have to write wow, it. And it feels good. It yeah, it feels Ooh. really good to write it. It feels really good to write it. You know how I learned That's that? That's really interesting. I actually... uh. I actually was like writing a angry text to someone I work with, okay. um, a co-business owner, not around to one another business. And I sent it to another friend I have that has the same name. <laughs> and, and, oh, an my, accident. and my homie was like, I'm glad that I'm not the only person that you get mad at. You know what I'm saying? And I was like, oh shit, I sent it to the wrong person. I was like, hmm, I don't even feel like I need to tell so-and-so anymore. Because it felt so good just writing it and sending it. That's really freaking interesting, man. Yeah. 
So like I find myself just like t- sometimes I get frustrated with like my mom or anyone and I'll, I'll write this whole angry ass text message mm. like a fucking paragraph a whole storybook <laughs> and I'll just delete the whole thing and just move on. I'm going to do that. Feels good. So you you would get you would get into it people respond to stuff or mm-hmm. comments would you let like Cuz everyone's so misled. I know. Like man. people trying to in the Nike days saying that I was back during my own shoe. That opportunity never existed. Oh wow. I was never an account for my shoes. I asked Nike if I could sell them. I couldn't because I was in the same zone as Undefeated and Chic Shoes and Palace or whatever the hell, Shoe Palace and so I never got to sell my own shoes. Interesting. Also, like I just told you, I was given 500 pairs that I gave right back away. And so people would be in the comments like all misled. And I'm even watching like sneaker blogs talking about this stuff. And I'm like, wow, these are becoming facts now just because I'm not opposing them. And then so I respond. Yeah, exactly. So then I would start responding to people. And then no one ever wants to like take truth at face value. No. You know what I mean? There's always like a story that someone can conjure up to make it seem like it didn't happen or 100%. whatever. And I was like, you can't win with the internet. So I stopped responding. I'll respond to a few people here and there. I'll DM them. If I see a comment, then I don't... Then they'll screenshot and say he responds. Uh, if I get a comment I don't agree with, I'll hit someone and... You'll DM them. We'll become like friends. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. Actually have a conversation with yeah. somebody. Dude was just also... Dude recently was just pissed off. I saw him going in on my Instagram about how he was so mad about going through the horrific experience of the raffle for these shoes. Uh-huh. And he's like, I have all your shoes. Like, I'm a huge fan. And I'm like, dope. And I looked in his Instagram and he did have all my shoes. But also, all my shoes have been available for damn near under retail the last two years. Yeah. You've had access. Yeah. I got one that's popping. I got my lean back. Yeah, you got your Just lean like back. Just like Fat Joe said. Yeah, you Bro, like, how about a congrats? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But I leveled with dude and he was like, man, he's like, you're right. I'm just so mad right now. I'm salty. I didn't get him. You created such a good shoe. Like, I'm just a fan. And that's when I was like, nah, you're straight, dude. I was like, I'm a sneakerhead too. I was like, that shit would piss me right off if I caught the L on, on confirmed yeah. app. You know, like I'd be fucking pissed. But the fact you responded and, and humanizes you. That's what you. he said. He was like, thanks for responding. He was like, do you know if there's going to be a redrop? I was like, to be honest, I have no fucking clue. I, I'm going to push everything I can for a redrop. Yeah. No, no clue though. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And so, like, I, I try to be as human as possible with people, actually. Like, I, I really do. But would you let, like, something negative fuck up your whole day? Like, one uh, negative comment of a thousand good ones. Um, I would, yeah. <laughs> Me too. I would, too. dude. I'm, I get, em- I get emotional. I get in my Me emotions. Too. I take shit to heart because, like, I really, like, I really try. Like I, I said, I like I said about an hour and a half ago, like I'm not, I'm not lazy, dude. I'm not a lazy person. I try. I really try. If I care about the friendship or impressing you, like I'm going to try. And so it's so disappointing when you try and then people are constantly beating that down and you're like, you have no choice but to feel emotional about it. You're like, I really tried. I really tried. Yeah. My best. Everything I had. Your best. Put you, it all in, put your heart and everything in there. And you hated it with four words. Yeah. I'm like, damn. Yeah. You know, like that does feel shitty, but you get wow. over it, right? Yeah. You know, you um, learn to get past it. Are you an optimist or pessimist? Uh, I like teeter in between. Okay. Yeah. I, I think I would like to say I'm an optimist and that'd be my 50% of optimism. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but also like in reality, probably a little pessimistic as well. Because okay. I like to be real. Yeah. I like so to be like na- a realist. I'm not like naive. You know what I'm saying? Like, I feel like there's obvious outcomes to things. So I'm not going to sit here and be like, oh my gosh, I hope this happens when I'm like, dude, you're going to be so disappointed at the end of this. I've learned that the hard way. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. don't count your eggs before they hatch. Chickens is that what before it is? Hatch. Is it the chickens before they hatch? <laughs> don't do it. Yeah. You know what I mean? It just never works out good. Yeah. You know? So I just try to be real with shit, you know? Okay. Any, yeah. any major regrets in your life? Major regrets? 
quitting soccer. Okay. Huge one. Huge. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, big time. Like I, I feel like I could have been pro. Wow. Yeah. And I feel like honestly, I would have lived a less stressful lifestyle if I went pro in soccer than like starting a million businesses. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So like I would much rather be like on the soccer field, you know? Yeah, but um, Max is yeah. in here now. But Max was an ill soccer player as well. Damn, okay. And then he quit to start skating too, just like you. That's what I did too. Yeah, he, he that's just... when life goes downhill. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Or uphill, or uphill. You know. I said that recently. I felt, I, yeah. I felt like I could have gone pro, and I yeah, and I regretted it recently yep. a lot. It, I actually, really? I think about it often. It's constantly on my mind. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. What about some uh, daily rituals for you? Um, can, can I of... give you one more thing I regret? Yeah. Fuck yeah. Not giving school more of a chance. We talked about earlier, I, I, and it's not funny that we didn't go to college yeah. or didn't take school, school seriously. I agree with that. It's like I would always, even back then, I was kind of like, fuck school. Like, no one needs that shit. Like, it's a scam, this and that. And now I look back and I'm like, yeah, no, you need that. You need to give it a chance. That's it's You have to give it the fair chance because it can turn into, look, you're not going to be a, a trillionaire because you went to school. Yeah. You're going to be a trillionaire because of the people you met at school or because what you learned about yourself at school. Yeah. And so until you give it that full chance, you're never truly going to know. And you might backpedal another five plus years to learn the things you could have learned just by going through school real quick. It's, so Yeah, that's just, really true. I think it's important for people to hear, you know? Yeah. How about music? Do you ever try to do music or rhyme or anything? Do you love music so much? Uh, no, I'm like super not talented. Okay. Uh, I was grounded for a whole summer one time. I brought home all Fs on my report card. Like, like dude, me? We yeah, got a lot too. in common, my too. guys. Um, wow. So yeah, brought home the all Fs. My dad, actually, being the more serious one, did ground me the whole summer, but also told me it's only up from here, which felt good. Okay. <laughs> which was also true. Uh, but also, I was grounded the whole summer, and I remember just being in my room, and I was writing my own like rap song lyrics, but wow. I was really just copying DMX. Okay. You know, and I was just like rewriting the lyrics of like every popular DMX song, like changing up a few lyrics here and there to like make me feel like it was my life. Uh, so that's Did you my... Did anything recorded? No, hell no. Okay. Um, I played cello, actually, in uh, middle school, only because you did not have to bring it home with you. Mm. That was a big deal. Because okay. I saw everyone on the bus hauling their fucking violins and shit around, and I was like, <laughs> hell no, hell no. So hauling their drums and shit, the big snare drum carrying that thing. I was like, fuck yeah. that. My one friend's like, yeah, I play the cello. We leave it in the, uh, like in the music room. And I was like, dope, sign me up for cello. <laughs> That's mine. Terrible at it. Oh, we're about becoming a pro skater. No regret with that. Uh, nah, I didn't. I don't know if I had it in me really. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, um, good skater. Uh, I've not, seen you skate, man. Yeah, not man. fearful and things like that. But also, like, I just don't know if I was able to like a put myself through like the physical abuse. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. like I said, like I would get to points where I would just be crying because I couldn't do something, and I just don't know if I had what it took to be a pro skater in 2012 when like. Ryan Sheckler's coming up and oh, this yeah, dude's yeah. alling off of fucking houses over interstate <laughs> highways and you're like, yeah, it's fucked. I'm done. Yeah. I'm yeah. just like grinding a four foot half pipe, you know? <laughs> so like, all right, Shex, it's all you, buddy. Yeah. You know? What, what is something you see yourself in the future working on besides sneakers? Um, In the future? Do you think about the future a lot? Yeah, I do. I do. I think for me, the future is like, honestly, it's like a family play. Six-year-old and two-year-old. Awesome family, yeah. And man. so like, just want to spend as much time with family as possible so really just like i'm i have a couple different like businesses going on right now like yeah. a handful of them and one of them is vegan coffee vegan coffee uh also like our you know digital fashion project mintage but 
these are some things that like I'm just putting everything I have into right now yeah. and I hope that I can like retire in the next five to ten years and just be done. Wow. Yeah. So this is How old really, are you now? I'm thirty thirty three in March, so three three three, yeah, yeah. Yep. And so like I'm just really like I'm putting everything I have into these to try to like push towards retirement in ten years, you know. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, man. Like being a dad is everything. Being a husband, all yep. that. It's not like you have a great family. Yeah, and just be more present. You know, be more present. Yeah, it's hard. Is it hard to shut off for you when you get home? Yeah, hundred percent. I'm always on work schedule. You know, what I mean, I constantly think about work all day, every day. So even hard to go to sleep. Yeah. Do you sleep a lot? Mm, not really. Five hours, four hours. Five, six. Wow, yeah. man. Yeah, tops. I find it hard to sleep. Yeah, I wouldn't sleep tonight if I didn't have to. You could you could do all nighters. Oh, dude, for sure. Way too much going on. Wow. Like so many things I want to do tonight. <laughs> like right now, like it is six thirty. Yeah. The night ends in like five and a half hours, mm-hmm. and like I just have so much I have to do. Not like work, but like for me. Well, how about since you, you the shoe just came out yesterday? Are you yeah. done stressing? Uh, focus on the shoe. Mo- Yo, honestly, I didn't stress this one that okay. much. Dude, this one felt good. Yeah. We didn't do any marketing with it with Adidas. We didn't do any photo shoots. Dude, we didn't do shit. You did a lot. You you promoted it. Bro, but I promoted it, but that's fun for me. Yeah. That's that's silly. That's yeah. fun in games. It's easy. You know what I mean? And like, dude, actually this one really set a new standard for us. Dude, we put like zero dollars into the marketing of this and the wow. shoe sold out. Sold out yesterday. So which means it's a great shoe. Wow, which means congrats, that like the man. design like spoke volumes. I which, love the design. Which I'm like, dude, let's just keep this going. Talk about sustainability. I mean shit, dude. We just turned and burned a product. In no time. Did you have any stress the day before yesterday about it? A little bit, just because I hadn't done a shoe since my Hot Wheels one, and so I was yeah. excited. Like you know, this did have a lot of buildup. Little nervous, but I was confident going into it. So, yeah, yeah, I man, congrats! It's inc- incredible, man. So, but sleep. So sleep's really important, man. You know that. Yeah, I know it is. Do you work out too? I don't. So my goal in life is <laughs> to become really scheduled with working out and like a meditation. Okay. It's two things I don't do any of, (laughs) and I really want to do at least a little bit. Yeah, you can get time out of the day for yourself. Yeah, yeah. Because you deserve that time for yourself. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, no, it's true. It's true. You look like a runner. I could. Yeah. I could run. I'm always running around anyway, so I'm like in shape for the most part. You know what I mean? Like I'm I'm pretty lean. You've been the same with your whole life, always been lean? Dude, always been lean. Always been a little too skinny. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. But, but lean. You know, I'm just on the move. I'm Very rarely you're going to be like, oh, Sean's been on the couch all day. Yeah. Nah. And are you a healthy <sighs> vegan or like a junk food vegan? Yeah, more of like a junk food vegan, you know. <laughs> Burgers, fries, all that kind of stuff? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I love all that stuff. I'm trying to get healthier, actually. You have a carrot tattoo in your hand? I do. Yeah. I, I love, love that, Love man. carrots. It's losing all of its orange. It needs carrots some re- is so good. Some I love color. that. I love carrots. God, they're good. Well, thank you, man. This has been, oh, it's been make sure, I'll make sure I covered everything. It was awesome yeah. to actually get to know you and sit with you and know you for all these years and everything you've done and put out in the world. I appreciate it. No, thanks. Um, and hearing your story and that you talk, it's just, no, and actually being like, you know, you've done, done many podcasts. It's no, this, well, this might be like my second one, third one, like first, I, I wanted to say first, but I was like, no, I have done one. Like, yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm looking forward to seeing what you do in the future. And thanks. I really, I, I'm stoked in these shoes I'm wearing right now. Like I'm wearing Adidas shoes. I have like four Nike tattoos. You so. hear that, Adidas? <laughs> we yeah. flipped them. Yeah, I'm wearing, I got four Nike yeah. tattoos. I'm wearing Adidas right now. It's one tr- person converted Adidas. Just saying. <laughs> but I appreciate you doing these, yeah. doing these for the vegans and everybody, man. It's nah, an awesome thing, man. Nah, thanks for the support. Always, dude. This means is a awesome. Lot. So people cannot. Get, so people, listen. You cannot get a shoe right Damn, now. You can't. It's yeah. gone. It's gonna be on the resale sites and stuff. Yeah, they're up there. 
And I, I, I'm a site that I treated myself to the original ones and Max Pink's. I'm not going to wear them because it's sitting in there perfectly. You just love you it. You destroyed my, all my other ones. So, um, <laughs> Keep yeah, it but, but thank you, man. Uh, it's great talking to you, man. Nah, thanks so much. Appreciate it. This was awesome. Thanks so much, yo. Okay, bye. I always ask my guests if they have any regrets. I personally don't have any regrets. Even when it comes to my tattoos, I have the silliest tattoos. Even my ET on my leg, it's still a childhood memory for me, and I love it. I've had tattoos on top of tattoos strictly because I wanted more tattoos. I started getting tattoos when I was 18. I'm 52 now, and I can't stop. I've had lazy treatment before on something on my arm. It's four tattoos on top of each other. And that experience at that place was pretty fast. It was pretty cold. It was in and out, swipe the credit card, don't really tell me much, didn't give me much details or anything was going to happen. So I never went back. So as of most recently, I'm so lucky enough to have had two sessions at Removery Tattoo Removal. My tattoo on my arm that looks like a big black blob is now super light. I've had two sessions. I have a long road ahead of me. None of this stuff happens overnight. You cannot take a tattoo off in one sitting. You have to be patient and it's painful. They ice you up. It's super fast. To me, it felt like a bunch of rubber bands. But what's more painful than that is looking at something on your body that you think you're stuck with for the rest of your life. That sucks. But now for me, I'm really happy I started this journey. I'm slowly going to get this tattoo removed. I never thought in a million years I have any kind of real estate on my arm. I don't even know what I want, but it's exciting. I'm so honored to announce that One Life, One Chance podcast is now with Removery. I have a code. Use TobyH20 and get $100 off your first session. Call 866-934-4570 or go to removery.com. One of the most experienced tattoo remover companies in the world. Over 600,000 remover treatments done. 100 locations. U.S., Canada, and Australia. State-of-the-art peak-away laser technology. Cryotechnology to reduce any discomfort. This is so exciting for me because all I do in these podcasts is talk about tattoos. From day one, if you've been listening to this podcast, we talk about tattoos, talk about getting removed, talk about getting covered up. So this is such a perfect fit for me. Once again, go to removery.com or call 866-934-4570. Use my code TOBYH20 and get $100 off. These guys are located everywhere. Try it out. Yo, people always ask me what kind of frames I'm rocking. I've been rocking Caddis for a couple years. They make amazing progressive readers, which I wear. Also, they make sunglass readers, anti-glare, anti-smudge coating, anti-scratch it, anti-aging. That's why I look mad young when I wear them. I'm just kidding. Um, but they make amazing frames. Caddis, so stoked to have you guys part of the podcast. You can go to caddislife.com slash toby10 and get $10 off your first purchase. Stoked. Thank you, Caddis. Welcome to the fam.